Rapunzel's my name, and I love the Mockpad, and the Mockpad loves me. <laughs> I have some exciting ideas about how we can shake things up. What if instead of Simon and Josh, there were Simon and Beans? Ah, or just maybe Beans and Beans. Beans and Beans? <laughs> or maybe just Beans. Welcome to the Mockpad with Beans. Kia ora and welcome to MuckPod, the MuckPuddy community podcast where we chat with the talented folks who help us make cool stuff about what they do, how they do it, and what's inspiring them. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Marchant, and who is here with me today, as always? I am Simon Crane. I'm an animator here at MuckPuddy. How are you, Josh? I'm good, because today we are chatting with uh, the creative leads behind uh, Muck Putty's new show, Night Eyes. That's right. Uh... Horror comedy series uh, available now on TVNZ+. I think they've rebranded. Uh, right, that's true. Yeah, no longer on demand. I don't know. Did they think demand was too uh, aggressive <laughs> too sounding? <demanding>. Yeah. <laughs> South Park did an episode where it's like everything's it's set. I don't know, twenty years in the future, and every store is plus or max. Yeah. at the end, <laughs> it is the way things are going. And uh, our first guest is Ryan Cooper, Hello. one of the mucks. Hi, Ryan. Hi. How's it going? Good. Nice well, to be back on. The yeah, welcome podcast. back to the pod, Ryan. Nice to have you uh, by yourself. Um, yeah, I know, right? Jeez. Well, you and about 20 other voices that you do. So. <laughs> <laughs> me and me and me and me and me and me. Finally, after 20 odd years, I get the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on solo. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're here today to talk about Night Eyes. Um, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about the inception of it um, from your point of view? What inspired yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the three of us, uh, myself, Tim and Alex, have always loved getting sort of like horror tropes into an hour animated things and, and sort of parodying the genre. So a few years back now, it could have even been during the first lockdown, um, New Zealand on air put out some, uh, basically some research they'd done to find out what kids were into. And it was the things you'd expect. It was like spooky stuff, animals, cartoons right mm-hmm. and we were like well do we have the show for you <laughs> yeah tick essentially tick while tick. the while the talk was happening we were on zoom we were on slack off to the side developing a show going what if it's a group of animals in a forest and they're you know um ghost hunting and then then we're like what if it's a parody of ghost hunting shows and it just it, it really all came came together in like 20 minutes so had you already come up with the idea no no, you came up with no. it based on the prompts of what they were looking for. As the for. prompts were happening, we were like, we have this in us, and it just came out, and yeah, it's, it quickly became one of our favorite ideas, even though it came so quickly. <laughs> so quickly. Yeah. Um, have you watched a lot of those uh, ghost hunting shows? Because they have. can be pretty comical. I'm thinking yeah. of like the Sasquatch hunting ones, mm-hmm. where like every episode they're promising you like, this time we're going to get them, yeah. and we go home empty-handed again. Yeah, well, yeah. there's multiple seasons of all of them where they never see anything duped your way into the tv world with a show that gives the audience nothing where you and your friends scare each other bumping around in the woods and then go oh well next week we promise so that's where it came from it was like okay well what if one of those ghost hunting shows actually all of a sudden started seeing ghosts i don't think they'd know how to react so it'd be a weird you know foreign thing to them so we're just like yeah that's just such a fun thing to parody and um a nice and really different way to come at a, a cartoon a mix between documentary and a narrative driven you know yeah. series so that was that was it, really fun it's interesting that the uh that the research said um that 
kids love scary things mm. because I it feels to me like it's taken a long time for that idea yes. to sort of reach the public. I think I think we went down a very safe road after the eighties, early nineties. I think yeah. everything started to steer towards we can't scare kids, even though the eighties, me growing up, was Goonies and Never Ending Story and the Labyrinth and, and everything had darkness in it. Absolutely. Darkness yeah. that scarred kids. You know, you grew up terrified of you know things from from uh, the never-ending story we were just talking about me and tim were talking about the scene from et the halloween scene Uh right and remember there's a scene in that where there's a zombie walking along carrying a dog yeah right and it's just a person yeah but it's a full-headed mask and they're committing to the role where they've got like a little like a kind of a a limp and stuff like that as a kid yeah i was like that is genuinely scary yeah (laughs) i thought i was coming to a lovable movie about an alien and now they've put they've thrown a zombie at me it it was a different time for sure because et is you know among steven spielberg's most heartwarming movies but my mom uh, recalls going to see that movie and being terrified yeah the opening's very creepy where you can't quite see what these aliens are all the adults in it are really threatening sort of these faceless goons especially yeah, the scene the, where they the invade suits, yeah. the house dying, yeah. dying E.T. by the river <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's the hard that, bit isn't that, it yeah. that made its way into my dreams for years <laughs> right yeah but yeah. not in a bad way. Like, I never go, oh, I can't watch this stuff. It, it inspired me. I yeah, like, for oh, sure. I like this well, stuff. Well, there's a scene in Night Eyes where uh, it's Scuff and he, he meets Beans, I think. Yeah. And Beans is in the shed in the garden. Yes. Ah, right. Yeah, and it's yeah. very E.T. like. Yeah. yeah. Very E.T. Straight, on purpose. Straight yeah. coming from E.T. <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. There's plenty of nods all the way throughout Night Eyes to just things we loved and, you know, those little those tropes and those familiar scenes and certain yeah. phrases and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I animated a scene of Rich Ghoulish uh, stepping out from the shadows. And for one shot, he's wearing a hat so that he can recreate the Exorcist uh, yeah. opening no, scene. just for the sake of it. Yeah, because... So, yeah, c- people stared away from scary stuff for kids. And it wasn't until recent years where it seems like kids were finding scary stuff that wasn't necessarily made for them on Netflix and stuff. Mm. So you had kids gravitating towards stranger things mm-hmm. well my kids are 12 and 15 but everyone at school's seen that stuff mm. that's what they talk about so the idea that kids are finding it even if it's not for them to us it was like well why don't we make a, a scary kids show that's actually for them mm-hmm. yeah know, that's yeah that'll that gets a little bit risky in places but it's still a comedy and, and safe but you know well we often say it here like if, if a kid is into it they will seek it out Course. I mean, we used to have to get past the video store guy, yeah. you know, yeah. to, like, how old are you? Oh, yeah. My mom said I can have it. You know, that sort of <laughs> Here's thing. Here's a note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Signed, <laughs> my mom. You don't know her first name. <laughs> and, and can I have a 10 cent cigarette as well? While I'm on? <laughs> yeah, sure. There you go. You can have the cigarette, but you're not having the horror. <laughs> Grown up in the 70s. <laughs> Night Eyes definitely feels like um, a step further in terms of... Um, in terms of scares and thrills yeah. from something like Barefoot Bandits, which definitely like gets there, there are episodes that are more horror inspired. Yeah, but it's also adventure. It's also just genre movies in Absolutely. general. Yeah, no, we Barefoot Bandits was where we started playing with those things. It was like, oh, we could let a little bit of horror seep in here, but it was just moments. Whereas Night Eyes is like, no, we can go full. We can full choose on. the type of horror movie we want to parody. Yeah, or want to, you know. Um, so the main character is uh, a skink. Yep, so we've got Vim, Vim the Skink, yeah. who's voiced by Donna Brookbanks, a comedian, writer. Uh, we have uh, Ty the Blue Corora Penguin, and that's Scotty Cotter. He's an actor, 
been around for a while now. Um, who else we got? Reese Mathewson is Scuff the Hedgehog, um, and he's a comedian and writer and host as well. Uh, and who else we got? We got Angela Dravid, who is Cadence the, the cicada. cicada. Yeah. Now, are these all nocturnal animals? Yes. So that's handy, isn't it? That they. Yeah. That, mm. Is yeah, that I why they hang pe- out at the night? The penguin is a little Blur, blurs, blurs the lines. But he's just been swept up in the nocturnal right. lifestyle. <laughs> and and <laughs> he just needs a little which, coffee. Which came first, the voice actors or the, the um, characters? Or was it a no? I think the characters came first, right? Yeah, yeah. and then we we started thinking about people voices you, that you would must suit have them. like a list of people that you want. Yeah, to work yeah, with. we've had lists for a long time. You know, it's easy for us to fall back on the ones that we've used multiple times because sure. they're just so much fun. Yeah, but for Night Eyes, it was a completely new cast of mostly people we hadn't worked with before. Hey, that's got to be fun, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They aside been in aside here at all. from Donna, Donna, who voices Vim. Yeah, it was all all new. So oh, there is also cool. Princess Snub and yeah. Mickey Space. Yeah, and she does she does um, energetic and and um, super silly really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's she's one of our favorites. Yeah, Vim is with. a nice character to animate yeah. as well because she was so long. Yeah. I have to say, probably my favorite. Yeah, right. But anytime you get a character where like they've they're just properly proportioned, their arms can reach the top uh-huh. of their head to the bottom of their feet. You, you're it just gives you a lot more options. Yeah. As much fun to design and as cute as like roundy characters are, you yeah. know, you're like ah, a tall person. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I can dig my I can dig my uh, feet into this. Yeah. yeah, it was it was quite tricky because we knew we wanted the hosts to be all animals and to keep them very New Zealand centric, but yeah. we have so few well mammals. Right. That we're yeah. like oh. so we had to like we we're like what are things that are still. New Zealandish, and then the, so the skink and yeah. um, a hedgehog is like we well, we have them here and yeah. you know they're around, but obviously they're introduced. It's, so. it's kind of good. It's, it's, good like, it's like tell me you're a kiwi without yeah. telling me you're a yeah. kiwi. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, did you think level. very hard about the setting because it is generally meant to take place in New Zealand? Correct? Yeah, so it's New Zealand, but a non-human New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So it's like the world they live in is their world. They're they've repl- they're they're there instead of the humans. So um, that was kind of the first rule we set up. Um, and, and everything is kind of organic that's around them. The houses they live in, whether it's in a tree or whether it's just a standalone sort of um, cabin, it's, yeah, it's made for them. It's not like they've found a human world. And, yes. Right. You know. Just adds an element of whimsy. Animal yeah. characters are often more fun than people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Alex, I'm sure he'll he'll attest to this, but, you know, he, he gets very sick of drawing humans. Mm. Oh, really? So any chance yeah. we can say it's all animals or it's all monsters or it's all aliens, it's like, you know, a good day. Yeah. So, yes. Um, with the leads, uh, you often cast uh, comedians as, yeah. as, your, uh, as your leads. Is that because comedians... Um, are easier to work with. They have a good sense of the kind of humor that you guys like to inject yeah, into your projects. The, I'm, I'm a big fan of ad-libbing and, and I know voice actors are, are great and, um, you know, I'm a voice actor, but I, there's something fun about working with comedians just because I don't know what they're going to give me. You're going to get gold generally, just, you know, they're, they're generally good writers as well. Mm. So, you know, the, on the, during the record, we can often get, you know, a take that I just never even expected. So mm. that's that's kind of exciting to me. Um, and being in New Zealand, you know, with less restrictions and less uh, not. We still have to go through approvals, but you know, me me getting an ad lib in there from someone isn't going to have to go through a string of people to sure. say, okay, that change is approved. It kind of just you know, it's part of the character and it gets through. So, so you've got like 
like like you're able to have a kind of a playful element in yeah. the recording studio. Yeah, and, and you know, New Zealand doesn't have much in the way of um, uh, experience in voice acting for cartoons. It's not a sure. massive industry here, so um, you know, some just uh, actors we've had through have struggled they've they've okay you know uh, sometimes a small performance on camera is is what they do and then they get into a voice booth and i'm like oh dear this is really small i need i need you to project i need you to be big and sort of you might think you're over the top but it's not going to come across like that yeah, you know? yeah. And, so. for, and for and I imagine that for some actors, they're used to having someone else in front of them to play off of, rather than reading a script alone in a booth. Absolutely, and it really throws. And you know, and some of them I'd be like, because um, we've worked with both, you know, professional stage trained actors and and comedians. But the a lot of the more traditional actors would, um, I'd say, maybe just play with that line. Just give me an ad lib, and you'd get like a freeze. Be mm-hmm. like, oh no, I stick to the lines yeah it's like oh, oh right okay that's interesting so, so everybody's got a different method absolutely and I guess different it's method, like, yeah because it's not really something you, do you audition for it or do you do you just have we someone in mind audition, yeah no i think i think the only show we ever auditioned on was quimbo's quest and okay. that was because it was a tricky one we needed very particular voices and and um we just had to cast the net very wide Right. Well, there's a one. hell of a lot of voices in Quimbo's Quest, mm-hmm. wasn't there? Like every episode had like, a, like yeah. new characters yeah. in it. So, but yeah. you guys love uh, comedy in general and yes. the New Zealand comedy scene. Like the any time I go into your office, if it's a break time, you guys will be watching a comedy special. Absolutely, it's. It. I think it's because it, to us it feels like we're watching auditions. Yeah, you know, right. we're watching okay, these cool. comedians, and we're like, "That's a great voice. That's they're super funny. They got unusual timing. That's really different." Oh, right. So you kind of start putting them away in the in your mind. It's like, okay, you know, well, one you day get, you get an idea of their their comic persona that they bring to the stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like um, uh, Angela Dravid has a really understated flat delivery, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so perfect for a character like Kate. yeah. We're like, well, we need a a kind of shy cicada who makes constant noise so it's she's battling this like this she's this quiet calm <laughs> little thing but she also makes a noise that you know she can't control yeah so it was kind of a funny juxtaposition there for us i wanted to ask um just thinking about it some of the names i know that um a couple of the names specifically chosen for night eyes have been like just a little trip up for people like people go they look at the script and they go ah a Candace, Candace, right? Yeah. Instead of Cadence, and um, isn't there um, like, I th- I think there are a couple names in this one that uh, Scuff. We've got a lot of uh, like Scruff. Yeah, scruff. I thought Is that what people I was actually animating it? it, and I yeah. and and um, it was a uh, Cadence who ca- who called him Scuff, and I'm like, oh, I, I think she might have got that wrong. It's yeah. Scruff, <laughs> and then and then of course I went and like looked at the script. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my bad. <laughs> yeah, was, we'd like to play with names. You know, sometimes we get pretty stock standard ones, and sure. then. You know, sometimes we just like to choose a random sort of like, you know, whether it be Fridge and the Barefoot Bandits or, yeah. or Scuff. Just, I don't know, the idea of a hedgehog called Scuff, there's something in that, you know, that's a, that, that works. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, and then Vim, I don't know where we got that. It just sounds like a lizardy. Well, like, what's the noise and vigor thing? is like yeah, yeah, what yeah. you say when someone's full of, full of energy or yeah, yeah. full of beans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beans. Uh, <laughs> now, Beans. I think Beans was m- one of my favourite characters in this. There was there's a line in it, and and you voice Beans, yes, right? I do. So, yeah. But there's the line where it's it's a uh, it's Beans' birthday, yeah. And uh, he he goes, uh, 
what's this? He's, how does he put it? He goes, um, did you get me a present? Does <laughs> something big? Doesn't have to be big. Could be something yeah. small, but it, it could be small. big. I animated that scene and I just couldn't stop laughing. That was just an ad lib that I think in the script it just said, you know, did you get me a present? Yeah, yeah, right. And I was just like, so I I like that he talks too much. So it's like, and the idea behind his voice was just that we were looking at like, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait and his old like, yeah, and we're like, so one time he just goes, and it's exhausting to do the voice, but it's fine. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm trying to get, words through that people can understand so beans i kind of my rule is as long as 70 percent of the line he says is understandable right, yeah. the audience should be fine and uh thank you to tvnz uh plus for um going to the trouble of making sure all the episodes do have captions yeah so if you need oh them, really oh, yeah. that'd be interesting. i like watching things with captions <laughs> on to catch captions? everything yes brilliant wow, that's uh, it's interesting there's, there's one bit in uh the one that i wrote where um the caption person obviously didn't know the term um someone says we're recording this in 480p which is like 480 yeah. pixels uh and they've written it as 4 adp which oh, is interesting right. yeah oh, interesting so you catch those things when you read the subtitles yeah. um beans is an interesting character because um the character didn't exist in the pitch it came about no. in the uh conceptualizing once um it had been greenlit yeah yeah it was just as we were developing the ser- episode ideas it just it seemed fun that they would meet a friendly ghost that was i think it came from an episode idea where we were like they had a stalker mm. that mm. wanted to be part of the team and then we were like well what it kind of feels like a character that should pop up more than once and yeah. sometimes he's kind of like the problem constantly so you know the super so, fan kind yeah, of yeah you know yeah. i like i like that idea that that uh, kids will be like wonder who it is and then it's beans again it's yeah like, oh that's you know it's a beans episode yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he ended up in it a lot more than than we ever predicted but yeah he's super fun and then all the kids i know that have seen it are instantly uh, yeah drawn to him that's it he's, he's, he's a bit he's, of a fan favorite you can yeah. he's got he's, that off and he? you know i i write him to be genuine and sweet and innocent and just a bit loopy yeah like i yeah. like that the idea that he has a backstory and will eventually maybe get glimpses of oh, what it sweet. is like what's he the ghost of where it, did it, it come it, from? I, I think i remember there was a bit of talk about that in like the the writer's room where it was just fleshing out from the yeah, pitch and being right. like so how do these ghosts work because there is that question in ghostbusters you're like so are they all people who died or are some <laughs> of them just boogaboos because like what's yeah. slimer yeah yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah um we definitely didn't adhere to a very strict it was very much everything on the table. Whatever. Yeah, fun. because well, that's the, the scope of horror movies. Like, yes. I mean, you don't want to kind of yeah. shut yourself off to no. any of the possible tropes that you could we, put in. We knew one thing was that we wanted the ghost to be coming from a single source. Right. Something right. happened that all of a sudden these things were in the world when, as before, they were searching for things and never finding anything. Yeah. You know, they're on the, the team were on the verge of giving up. But they were, you know, this thing happened and, you know, you have to watch it to see what that is. Yeah. uh, I did want to talk about uh, the fact that uh, you did write four episodes overall and obviously co-wrote and uh, finalized scripts for pretty much all of them, I imagine. basically. but you did uh, the first episode, uh, the toasted bread, yeah, which introduces the toasted bread, yeah, introduces the characters. Uh, You did the one uh, with the uh, the haunted orchard, yep, which is fun. And with Ramsey the goat. (laughs) <laughs> his name's Ra- um, Ramsey Marshall and I think I got the name from um, there's actually a breed of goat 
right. called the uh, Ramsey goat or the Marshall goat. Oh, my goodness, I can't remember. But it is the breed of goat that faints. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, the famous yeah. fainting goat. So we do generally use. have little things like that throughout our shows. Educational. Like, if you wanted to do the research... <laughs> It's there. I often find that on Mutt Putty shows, uh, you write the, the the first episode and the last episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I tend to like to very much jump into the last episode so I can, because I've kind of jumped in on everyone's scripts and I might have done a, a punch-up pass or a gag pass or I kind of know it all so I can tie it all up in the right. last episode and I can reference things. I can, you know, draw from a lot. Um Whereas it's hard to expect someone else to kind of do that. So I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll set it up, jump in a few times throughout, and then at the end I'll... So, yeah, I wrote the last two episodes, which were kind of a two-parter, mm. and that was that was great. By that point, I knew the show through and through. Yeah, I was tying things together that I didn't even realise w- was going to be needed, and it was just really, really, really proud of the last two episodes, for sure. Nice. Yeah, and it really... And it was a fun payoff for... Uh, there's a really fun thing that I like at the end of... Uh, after each episode, at the end of the credits, yeah. there's this fun, spooky thing of a door yeah. that's beginning to glow brighter and brighter. And as the, as the series goes on, you begin hearing thumps from the other side. And yeah. really just great spooky sound design of the ticking clock. Yeah, yeah. That was a piece of music I found that had a couple of ticks in it. So I re-edited the music to be a ticking clock. Cool. So, yeah. It wasn't actually a ticking clock. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Just a tick. <laughs> it just sounded like a clock to me. Right, so, yeah. Right. But um, that was hard to keep track of, to be honest. Those doors at the end of every episode. Right, yeah. Oh, oh right, yeah. It's just like, oh, what Where stage we're at is the now, door yeah. at now? Like, <laughs> because, like, like there's the, the episodes were animated and made Completely out of out sequence. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. We so. jumped all over the place. Right. Because quite often, you know, we'll all sit down, we'll come up with all the episode ideas, and we'll divvy them out to the writers. Everyone will write them at the same time. Whatever comes through first goes on the pile to the storyboarders. Right, right. Oh, okay, so that's yeah, kind of yeah. how things yeah. work, you know. We're not, but but when it's written, you know, like, oh, this is episode nine, yeah, but it's not yeah. necessarily going to be made exactly. Right. Like we didn't. Uh, we changed something. We had to go back and do a intro episode to Beans. Right. Because mm-hmm. we brought him into the uh, the body position episode. We wrote that first, and that was the first time they met him. Yeah. I was like, it feels like he. It should be someone they already know. And they're like, oh, God, it's that guy again. So I was like, okay, we had to go back and write an episode that introduced him, which was the haunted birthday, birthday one. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, That's the one that I I think I that was yeah. uh, Simon Ward's yes. episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a big episode, that one. There's a lot of, yeah. And a couple well, of really good spooky images in As that much one. as we love Beans, he's a pain in the neck to animate. And, huh. and yeah. particularly to like animate with compositing in mind because he's, he's he transparent. Uh, any, yeah. Anytime there's a ghost in a show, which this show has an abundance, yeah. you're like, right, got to be thinking about the yeah. layer. That's right, we had it with Cragglechin as well. When we? I go through the scripts... I try my best now to go, if it says he picks up or something, mm-hmm. I go, no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He, he gets at it. He yeah. gets to pick up two things per episode, <laughs> yeah. and that is it. Because <laughs> it is it's a nightmare, and layers just, yeah. I have to say, I quite liked Beans. Um, I, granted, I only had to do them once, yeah. but it's a very fun, it's a fun vocal track. It's up there with, like, Icky Chav in terms of voices of yours. That's just fun to listen to because <laughs> yeah, it's great. so out there. 
Uh, and any creature where I can just take the arms and turn it into a brush, turn them into a real... Because they they kind of look like a big blob of taffy, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there's a bit of freedom there. Uh, yes. It's the ghostliness that's a problem. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. The other character that you uh, do, one of the new characters, is mm-hmm. Rich Ghoulish. You've been yes. doing voices for so long. Does it ever become difficult to like think of, well, what haven't I done for a character? Yeah. Hundred percent, really does. <laughs> like I'm, I, you know, a few times I've used a similar voice, but um, Rich Ghoulish, I knew he had to be pompous, bit of a grifter, and I was going through my rolodex of voices that I, you know, in my head, and all of a sudden I started hearing Anthony Hopkins, sort ah, of just Welsh, yeah. I, I, right, yeah. sort of getting like this, yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe if I just do a more pompous, bigger Anthony Hopkins with the Welsh sort of uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, roll my eyes and stuff like that. <laughs> It sounded like an old-fashioned ghost hunter type guy. So yeah. that's where that came from. Anthony Hopkins. So do you, when you're reading the scripts, actually, mm. like, do you, do you come across a character that you didn't write and kind of go, I want to voice this one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I've got, I've yeah, got this I, voice I, in my head. Know, and I've, been, I've gotten better at not being greedy over the years. Right. But <laughs> okay. in my eyes, I was like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm having like, it, I'm having like, it, I'm having yeah. it. And, and also some of, it, toys. some of it must also just be expediency. You know that 100%. you're in the studio, mm-hmm. easy to grab you. So you also voiced characters like the Blurred Witch, the, uh, the the uh, the the green slime from the swimming pool. Oh yeah, that big guy. I think yeah. you mostly. Um, I am. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, he was yeah. great. Yeah, he's yeah, great. He was yeah. So much. I think. I just yeah. did him with my cheeks really full. <laughs> yeah. It was full of slime. And that was, and that totally like spoke to how to animate him as well. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he had to be yeah. like wobbly yeah. and like he's all constantly about to burst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh god. Yeah. I don't know who else was in it. There was the yeah, blurred witch. That was just a. A very spooky kind of that sort well, of thing. Well, we right? we were talking about um, the Simpsons with Andrew in the last episode, and we, and you talked about how Marge, the the girl who does Marge's voice, yeah, uh, you know, after yeah. oh, about, yeah. how many years has she been playing well, Marge? At, at least thirty, and you're beginning what? to hear it. It's because it's taking its toll. She's, right? she's oh, yeah. getting on in years, so yeah. I f- I feel for her. So you better be sure not to. Well, Josh, don't write any more blurred <laughs> witch episodes because. Yeah. That is that's Any a gravel tough voice to do. We had some great feedback about that episode. Um, uh, friends of mine said that their kids were obsessed with Night Eyes up until episode 10, which is the Blurred Witch, <laughs> where they ran away and hid nope. and won't watch anymore. <laughs> but it sounds like they might have convinced them to step back. Well, like, that's the great thing. Mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what I said. I said, it's not bad news to us. It's, yeah. That's, uh, that's what we want to hear. You know eventually... They're not going to be able to leave it alone. To, and to me, I think it's like oh, that's like a core memory you've created. Like they'll, in the in you know ten years, they'll be like, oh, there was that cartoon that scared the crap out of me as a kid. That's right. It's yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I was thinking about that because um, another way that this I think probably appeals to young people is that it's about kids getting out there and making their own yeah. videos, putting it out on the internet, which is something that a lot of kids do or want to do. That's right. Absolutely. So seeing characters do that is really fun. And I, that was also what I was thinking about writing The Blurred Witch, which is uh, we're also used to having our screens. And, you know, even if we just don't like something, we can stop it or e- yeah. swipe it away. Yeah. And then the idea that, oh, the video stops taking orders from you and actually comes out to get you. Ah, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've obviously been a voice director as well for years now. And because I was always doing voices myself, yeah. I kind of already had a shorthand with it. Mm-hmm. So once the actors who well, come in, yeah. I know how to get the best out of them really quickly. Right, yeah, because um, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go to like university to learn voice action direction it's no i don't so think so specific, you know it's right? very specific yeah. and you know um and it's tricky because i know 
from what I've heard, most actors don't like it when you give them a reading. Line reading, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I, I hundred percent avoid it. Right. But I've grown to learn how to write for the actor who's coming okay, in. Okay. Okay. So I can hear it really clearly in my head, and then and so you know when they say it, I kind of have a little laugh to myself that I'm like. That's, Got it. That's how yeah. I, you know, and, and Reese Darby, when he comes in, you know, I've, I've worked with him for years and I can almost write the ad libs for him. Oh, fantastic. So, and, and he's said before, he's just like, oh, this is, this seems like what I would say. Well, they say it's like a symbiotic relationship between yeah. the voice and the writer. Like once episodes start coming back, the writers mm-hmm. hear how it's performed and they go, oh, we like how they're doing that let's incorporate that and and i've got good at getting really specific about the delivery you know like comparing it to like you know imagine you're a kid and your mum's just taken away your blah 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 and it's like putting an actor in a good position really quickly Mm, that's the thing and that's what they want as well it's like you know sometimes they've come in and they've only read their lines they don't know the context of the episode so you're trying to give them context at the same time as they're about to and they also have to sound like they were legitimately talking to the other characters. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I got all these things in my head. Like, how did so do it? Right. Okay. I need to make sure oh, you respond. Right. So, because you don't have way. it in the. Can you, can you sometimes play it back and say, this is not what really. No, it's to. just all in my head. And right, I think because I'm so heavily on the script side of it, I know yeah. exactly how I heard it. But, you know, again, I like to be surprised. I like people to, to give me something I didn't expect. Yeah. I just have to make sure I'm keeping track that that's going to fit with what. Right, the okay, rest of the cast. Okay. Did. See, that's the thing. As the director, you do have the, yeah. the whole yeah. Like, and do you not kind of sometimes have to give a line reading, like because very the, rarely just the yeah. emphasis is just yeah. you, you're yeah. like I know A, B, I and could, C. I could get you there real quick by yeah, just yeah. doing right. this. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had to call someone back to record a line because when you hear the lines from the two actors, they're just playing it too differently? Um, I think so, but very rarely. We very rarely do call like uh, retakes. Like right. we just, you know, we, I have a lot of actors come in, do their thing, and go, "Wow, that was so quick." Because I'm not, I'm not really about like let's record for hours. You're not to a Stanley really Kubrick. The, to really get the right one, it's like I know what I want, and I'll hear it and be like, "That's it." Yeah, you want like, you move want, on. Um, you want to keep that spontaneity. I don't want them to get sick of it yeah i want them to know that coming in here is a fun half hour to an hour of just goofing around in the voice booth having a genuinely good time because uh strain on the voice is a real thing even if you're not doing a a gravelly voice when you've been talking for a half hour we experience it yeah yeah Yeah, we get the dry mouth i've done voice acting jobs and it is it's it's you know you got people sitting around nodding at each other while you're going, did I get it? And they're like, you know, if everyone's right. seen Toast of London, you know, can you hear me, Clem Fandango? Um, it's like you're just doing these slight variations on a take, and it just takes it takes every bit of fun out of it. It's mm. like, okay, this yeah. is just... Especially if you're in the sound booth and you can't actually hear what they're saying. Yeah, huh. you're just watching them. Like, yeah. Advertising is the worst, for sure. Yeah, I've done Power Rangers, and Power Rangers is fun. But it's it's kind of a long process and right. And I've heard yeah. the voice that you did for the yeah. the mighty Minotaur, and yeah. uh, it's deep and it's gravelly, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know how you sustain that. And I always, because I'm always pushing voices to weird places. When I was doing the latest Power Rangers movie, I um I put like <laughs> snorts and growls in the voice, and they were like, Oh my god, that was great! Can you do that constantly? I'm like, <laughs> I've just made my job so much yeah. harder because I would do the line. You know, real deep, and, and then they would be like, "Okay, cool," but just get the snort in there and be like, 
Ryan. <laughs> Why did Stop you giving it, it 110%. <laughs> Given my sinuses a workout today. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a lot more that we could ask you. And Absolutely. at some point, we do want to have you back just to talk yeah, about just voice, talk voice acting and back. all the stuff yeah. that, uh, that you yeah. do specifically mm-hmm. on the team. But If the uh, listeners have any questions, please forward them to muckpod at muckpuddy.com. There you go. That's the address. And uh, we are back with uh, Alex Layton. Kira. Welcome back to the pod. Thanks, Josh. Um, so your position on Night Eye's head designer, is that what you would, is that what yeah, you are in the credits? Yeah, head, head sort of character designer mm-hmm. and sort of helped uh, art direct, I guess, with Matt across the backgrounds and the sort of the look of the show and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but primarily, yeah. Um, character designer and sort of rigging i mm. guess as well that which leads to rigging and yes actually building design. the characters yeah um how early in the process uh did you start thinking about the look of the core crew the four critters yeah well pretty much straight away dude like we um we came up with the concept of these you know uh four friends i guess that are you know making this ghost hunting show and there was a number of elements going into it that were kind of manufactured for lack of a better word, you know, cause we'd heard what New Zealand on air were looking for. And we sort of, you know, the, this idea, Ryan may have talked about it of like, you know, kids loving animals and spooky things. So mm-hmm. we were like, Hmm, animals. Okay. Like what are some Kiwi animals that can, there was a few little things where we were like, if we can m- sort of, um, Kiwiify yeah, some of yeah. this up front, but, visually. Over, but it's not over the top. Yeah, it's like I, I, ramen yeah it's, I have to say, it's just, I, it's just by fact. It's not it's like gentle burn of us. Well, I was going to um, say, no, I, I, res- yeah, yeah. I respect the restraint that you didn't immediately go to Kiwi Bird yeah. or to Atara or something. Yeah, well, that's it. We'd done that and we were kind of doing that even facetiously in gentle burn. It was like, oh, you want a Kiwi idea? How about a yeah. Kiwi fruit and a Kiwi bird and their best mates? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're like, we love it. There you go. We know. Well, we meant it sarcastically, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of yeah so this time around it was kind of yeah picking sort of and and the 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 animals we landed on aren't a hundred percent native either like mm. the hedgehog mm. scuff the hedgehog and introduced species yeah um but i th- yeah i guess there is a native cicada and we were just sort of thinking of things that yeah honestly i i like the uh the specificity because yeah. it doesn't seem like uh, these are animals that you see in every cartoon mm. that's about, you know, yeah, woodland that, animals. That, that's how it felt too. Um, sort of as we, as I started drawing them and, and, um, and this happens sometimes, not always, but kind of the first drawings I put down, I had a picture in my head that I wanted to sort of, I don't know where I wanted to go with the designs. Um, being a big f- big fan of carl greenblatt's um, oh yes design work um from he, uh, chowder, chowder and jellystone and, and harvey uh, beaks harvey beaks and i just really love his uh i don't quite know how to there's a retroness to it but it's not in a sort of uh upa sort of sense it's, not graphic yeah it's not graphic it's kind of more rounded and mm. there's a sort of well, you can see why he was a good choice for, um, you know, uh, Jellystone, yeah, which is based on yeah. the Hanna-Barbera yeah, stuff, which so is like part elements of graphic design, but still round and soft. Round and soft. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm, I'm searching for. So, um, yeah, that, with that in mind, what I put down on paper 
um, immediate, like sort of first up, was kind of where we've landed in the final um, look of the show, the characters mm. in the show. So it came very quickly um, because we sort of put the mostly because we put this pitch, pitch together very fast. And yeah, Ryan was saying you was you were actually. In in the meeting with yeah, TVNZ, yeah, as you wrote the pitch, yeah, yeah, it was sort of a seminar thing, and they were like crapping on about um, what kids, you know, the research. Right, so you're in a room done. full of creators, content yeah, creators. Yeah. And, um, it was a Zoom session. A mm. Zoom session. Okay, so we're right. over here. We're listening, and it, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, and then we were sort of typing, like you know, firstly as they were describing the stuff they were after, we're sort of thinking. This, they're just describing the barefoot bandits. Huh. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just fucking back more of this. Yeah, like, that's right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and it's already popular. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Why not? But but, then... but we love like speaking of ba- bandits. Our mm. favorite episodes of the barefoot bandits to make were the scarier ones where yeah. we p- pushed it a little further. Um, and so the idea of having a show that leaned into that specifically, yeah. you know, more intensely was 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 a fun prospect and, mm-hmm. and one we sort of. Uh, yeah, really kept reminding ourselves on this um, yeah. at every step. Like, let's make it a little spookier. And, I, you know, as I was designing, so I got the core cast done. Um, then I had to concentrate on sort of the ghosts and the creepy, ghouly yeah. monsters and things that were going to be within the show. Yeah, and, there are um, there are some creatures, because the show is, it is horror, but it's also comedy. Yes. So there's sort yes. of a spectrum. Uh, on yep. one end, you've got uh, Beans, <laughs> yeah. uh, who's, you know... Sort of floating marshmallow, yeah, cartoony marshmallow blob of guy. Toothpaste. Yeah, blob I, of toothpaste. I liked yeah. the uh, decision yeah. to make him pink. It makes yes. him very distinct. Yes. And well, we um, really thought, because we wanted to, you know, one thing we love, being 80s kids again, uh, Ghostbusters is a big, big influence mm-hmm. on us as uh, filmmakers right. and also just for the show. The idea that um, they did it a lot with the toys for Ghostbusters too, just these neon colored ghosts. Yeah. Mm-hmm on sort of a dark cityscape or whatever but it really pops and think with that mindset um, I guess going into designing beans yeah that big, that bright pink it's was, true even just from a animation standpoint bright character on a dark background mm, reads really strongly mm, yeah yeah it's really fun to sort of uh, uh, you really liked there on your instagram though how <laughs> you, you posted like a lot of the options and that was the one that like I'm, I'm glad you said the Ghostbuster toys. Yes. Because I remember a toy kind of being a bit like yes. that. You the one you're looking at is them on the back yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. has one eye. And has big eye. Right, yeah. Big so I definitely eye. had a whole bunch, like on my mood board, I guess you could call it. Right. Like, had Ghostbusters there, and so um, could any one of these characters ended up being Beans? It's Beans is at the end, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 How many uh, variations do you usually go through before you land on a design that you like? It it varies, man. Mm. Um sometimes as i said with the with the kids with the main well i call them kids are they teenagers they're young persons young people um yeah they they came very quickly so it was kind of the first or second drawings of them just oh that's cool yeah which is is, doesn't happen very often um sometimes there can be i mean for beans there's sort of seven to eight variations there yeah there's quite a few Um, and there may have been more actually um just because those are ones i chucked some color under just to is it a thing that his teeth are actual beans or no? They're just, just gross yellow, yeah, 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 gross just yellow. Yuck. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so because the beans name came much later. Yeah, right. Um, we yeah. were kind of tossing a few okay. things around. And, yeah, I remember it went back and forth yeah. for a while trying to come up with the right <laughs> name for this yeah. funny little yeah. annoying super fan. Yeah, because he very alone. much. Yeah, he is very slimery. Um, so that is our sort of 
solid nod to Ghostbusters. So, but you don't write in these episodes. I don't write scripts. But you stay. No. You are. You come up with ideas. Like, yeah. say in the blue sky period. You. Yeah, say, I'm sort of in there throwing ideas there. around. Yeah. I. I don't really. Yeah, I don't. I don't have enough confidence as a writer. Right. Yeah. Um, the other guys are well, always pushing me. Well, you spend all your time drawing pictures. So yeah. Where are you going to find the time? Well, to I write? would like to one day get stuck into something, but I I do really like um, more the when we are in those brainstorming sessions. Yeah. Like we're all throwing ideas out, we're bouncing off each other. Then when I um, I get the chance to read the scripts, sort of first draft, and have a look through and do a gag pass and punch up anything. Yeah. That, oh, so you, know. you do. You, so, yeah, you I do kind of... Well, you're still in the room with the other mucks, so you're yeah. pitching in ideas. Yeah, so I don't write scripts, but I do and it, like, read scripts and give a joke. Yeah, that makes sense to me because yeah. in real life you're a funny guy, especially <laughs> for, for cracking jokes and all that. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and so it makes yeah. sense that... And a lot of... I love that A lot of, of the, the humour in Muck Putty stuff, I can tell it's your humor, you know? And <laughs> well, so it kind of makes sense to me now that you do it like a gag. Yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, you know, me and the guys, we, we you know, we have very similar yes, sensibilities yeah, yeah. and senses of humor. Um, and it was always a case of, you know, when we were sort of just the three of us, like the best joke wins, the best, right. the funniest thing goes in. Yeah. Um, hopefully there's sort of, yeah, no ego attached to that you know it's yeah. just let's make this the best thing we can make you know and comedy coming into making cartoons as a big comedy fan as yeah. well not just funny cartoons but comedy in general it's, yeah it's it's a big i i'm a nerd for comedy yeah so, yeah and i think it was actually quite a good idea to make the show a um a horror comedy just yeah. because it helps to leaven it a little bit yeah you know because yeah um Unlike some of the things that you were inspired by, which, you know, uh, you tell stories about, you saw it when you were really young and it made an impression, but you knew you weren't supposed to be watching yes. it. And that was part of the fun. Yes. This is uh, aimed at uh, yeah. kids and families. Yeah. So yeah. you need to have like a bit of push and pull with um, how far you make it, uh, you know, in terms of scary. Yeah. And then bringing it back with, well, the characters are totally. funny and there are jokes. Yeah. And funny things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was definitely... Um I don't know, trying to find that sort of happy medium too. Because because it is animated and the characters are very cartoony, it does feel like you can probably push it just a little bit scarier just to see what will happen. Um, Yeah, we've already had sort of some feedback from um, some parents and kids saying they they had to turn it off or... um, had it through attention because they would wanted to watch more of it and weren't allowed. <laughs> it's very it's very fast paced. We put it on the other day and mm. uh, the kids were home. It was yeah. Anzac Day. Yeah. And so I said, let's watch an episode yeah. of Night Eyes. And we just I mean it took us They do roll it like along, us, eh? It took us like months to make it. We watched the whole series in one go. I know dude. Right? That's yeah. art in general. Yeah. And I'm like we're not I'm yeah. not a binger. I I usually yeah, like yeah, to give yeah. something the space and respect that it deserves, you know. But this, we just kept on. Yeah, yeah next one's up. Let's keep watching. Yeah. I was kind of still in the headspace of like uh, a show is either twenty-two minutes or eleven minutes. This is more like five to six sort of minutes. Yeah, yeah. They actually creep up more There's around eight, eight minutes. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. most of you, them are, are eight. You had so. a bit of leeway with the runtime, like yeah. It was never Initially, it was going to be shorter eps. And a couple more it may have been I'm trying to think sixteen episodes or something, but they were coming in so long. We sort of pitched to them after we had started, which we don't have never. I don't, I don't think we've ever done this, but yeah, said to them, look, they're coming in longer. We're having trouble editing them down. Can we make 
longer ones but less of them and they were happy to negotiate cool. that mm-hmm. cool. so it became 13 episodes um how which, many characters do you know off the top of your head uh so we've got our f- sort of four leads um then there's sort of beans and rich ghoulish yeah, side sort of this is three reoccurrings yeah. um yeah. and and then some some a couple of random like well yeah. You can, you can tell it's a muck party show because there are no scenes of like crazy crowds, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. We kind of get that to, well, one of the, the, I guess, ideas going into it as well was like, these are sort of nocturnal animals. Mm. Everything happens at night. Yeah. Therefore we have a, a already spooky setting. It's mm. in the woods and yeah, they're, they're in a, I don't know, some sort of woodland town. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the world building. It's a very light touch, but it's just, you know, it's a world of animals. They live in trees, but they have cell phones and whatnot. I think you get it. Yeah, and we'll explore a bit more of that season two. uh, I mean, yeah, just to see a little bit more of their town, but it's a a kind of a hundred acre woods cross with, again, um, sort of Harvey Beaks type thing where their homes are in trees, but it's sort of a amalgamation of sort of human things real world, world things done cartoony and yeah mm. like you say tech exists and yeah so it's very much a yeah. made up world which yeah. is Don't. super fun another fun layer to add to it because it, it is a cartoon you know and we want to be able to tell these sort of unusual stories um with sort of unusual visuals that sort of seem refreshing and hopefully, uh, hopefully. <laughs> I th- we were talking to Ryan about uh, the fact that it's got to be nice from your point of view, mm. the designer, to have the main characters not be people, right? Yes. Cartoonists uh, love drawing animals, not people, right? Yeah, I uh, yeah, and that's often. I mean, if I nail a design like I did with the the, the four leads very quickly, it's because mm. I've immediately this is my wheelhouse, right? Yeah, and uh, that can come very quickly. Same with the ghosts and the creatures and any monstery things, trolls, goblin, like any mm-hmm. of that stuff. I'm just like I'm in my wheelhouse. It's, there was um, yeah, there was another hard. design that I thought you know it's more on the whimsical <laughs> end of the spectrum that I thought oh that's that's. I, that's an Alex design through and through the Wad Witch. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who's like she this. came. That was again first drawing. That's her right. design. I didn't have to play with anything. I don't. I, I may have sort of tweaked her hat or things like that, but the three eyes, mm-hmm. the cat sitting on her tail. It was yeah. just a visual that um, just popped into my head immediately. Just this weird kind of hippie of the forest kind of yeah uh alchemist or something i don't know what she is but yeah she's a cat balancing on her tail and uh with yeah she's magic it's a cute so, design yeah really i i yeah i was of all the designs i think i'm i'm yeah pretty pretty stoked on that one did like you, she, did you feel like that you had a bit more time designing these characters i'm, I'm just thinking of, of we we talked mm. earlier on uh, Quimbo. Yeah, was oh, like just like yeah, that how was, many characters was that? That yeah, was a hell of a lot. Didn't yeah, it? that was the project. That was sort of hell on earth. That project. Yeah, you know, for, I would think we did a great job. Uh, amazing, because for, the for, premise of that show was every week he's meeting new, new animals yeah. and yeah. usually a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. Like usually a family of them or a, a part and, of and them. And so whatever. fifty-two yeah. episodes, whereas this yeah. is thirteen episodes, yeah. less characters. Like, did you have more time or is it, or do you, do you just, there's only these characters because that's all you could get out in the in Yeah, the it's been a bit of a blur. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely had a bit more time. Um, but the fact we sort of, you know, Quimbo taught us a lot and um, we come into these smaller shows consciously thinking, yeah. 
let's keep the cast small. Yeah, right. Similarly to Jandalburn. Yeah. Um, because the money isn't there to make these guess, huge shows. That's and right. It just, that just comes with experience. Though, it does. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's so, like going for like good quality, yeah. like a smaller thing, yeah. but like really good Rain quality. Rain it in a yeah. bit, you know, yeah. and and even then having the four leads made made me a bit nervous up front just because starting a brand new show, you got you start from scratch. It's yeah. the world from scratch. Like all the rigs need, you know, front three quarters, reverse three quarters, um, hand variations, um, you know, mouth, it's eyes, all, all the stuff, things. It's technical stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's the, when you're building from scratch, it is a lot. But in saying that, it wasn't a lot as as, as what we've done in the past. Um, right, yeah, as, exactly. As Even Barefoot Bandits had yeah. a hell of a ba- lot of Bandits right. was a similar, yeah, just because it was a, a bigger show. Yeah. But as so I said, like... the Jandalburn lesson. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know? coming into this and drawing shows similar. Oh, that's um, right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like just a, a small core it's cast. It's funny because those are the, like, like I... Because I came here to do Bandits. So I yeah. think, like, Bandits is always going to have a special place of in my course, heart. Yeah. But I really enjoy... Like the small muck yeah, buddy shows, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the like, like yeah, uh, show us too, you know, it's burn. it's definitely it feels, um, you know, if you, I, I guess, if you've been following our career um, from the basement days to now, um, I would think that you would say that you know that the, these shows, Night Eyes, Gentle Burn, and Drawing Show, would be the shows you would think we were making, you know, like yeah. if silly and irreverent and. You know, there's a very quite, clear quite through original, line between um, what you were doing at like say what now and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, 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 very much. Yeah, because that's yeah. Again, we sort of started our careers on on television with uh, what now and Sparkle Friends with the short form, fast paced content, yeah. and uh, was kind of like, how many jokes can we put in, and you know how silly can we make it, and how how and, far can we push the visuals. And you've been doing, you guys have been doing comedy for a long time because mm. that's your wheelhouse. It's mm. sort of, I think the genre that most people associate with animation is silly and goofy. It's sure. what it's built for. Um, uh, were you, I have to imagine you were pretty excited to get the chance to do some designs that were just meant to be scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't often, my mind doesn't often go there. Like I'm, I, if I'm drawing something, it's going to be goofy or silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's where I sort of, you know, just go automatically, but yeah. And re more as, as, the, my career's gone on. It's, uh, it's it's I've found the fun in doing sort of spookier, creepier stuff, and it's and it's it's also an influence from Tim and Ryan. That's being what the I was going to say. You can't avoid it. You're, so you're surrounded those, by all day, every yeah, day. Yeah, those guys really um, showed me an appreciation of horror that yeah. I didn't have before. Right. Um, all right. I, so I, you would you wouldn't say you were a dyed in the wool horror fan? No way. Like I would avoid it. I right, didn't right. like horror. I it, I, too, I think we were on the same yeah, page then. Very a bit of a skeety cat. Like as a kid, like didn't you know? Watched a lot of stuff that scared me, like sci-fi, violent things. But yeah. you know, whatever eighties kids get get got exposed to. Not to mention, you know, Never Ending Story, mm. um, or the Henson films. You know, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, things like that that have really had these dark through lines mm-hmm. we even um, go back to the Muppets right and yeah. I know that the network was when he said oh, we're going to put monsters in Sesame Street they, they they were like you can't put monsters in a children's show right. and Jim Henson's thing was look kids are going to think about monsters anyway so my monsters are fluffy yeah. and cute and yeah. so if you're going to be thinking about monsters you want to be thinking about yeah. my monsters and it's like it, yes it's yeah. absolutely right and that's it's funny eh because Jim Henson having such a, um, or 
and the Muppets in, in general, um, having such an influence on my design sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Over the years, whenever we've had a client come to us with a gig or, or whatever, and I've described, you know, we can make them these characters monstery and think, I, I mean like Elmo or yeah. like yes. Grover, yes. and they're like, yes. no, no, not monsters. No, kids will be... It's when like, I think of like the signage and like just the core <laughs> muck putty style, yeah. I'm picturing like fluffy characters yeah. with goggle eyes and often like you know a big colorful nose that looks like they've just taken it from the creature shop and stuck it yeah. on yeah that's uh that's it that's it's right. yeah it's, it's in my uh it's in my dna i think at this point well like it's, it's it's worked out really well but, because like we've probably said this before but muck putty has a real strong visual mm, style mm. and that and you kind of informed that right yes yes yeah um, that that's nice to be able to sort of the stuff that you like to draw to yeah, get to do that yeah, for a living. yeah yeah oh my god it's yeah, I, uh, I'd be lying if I didn't take said if I didn't say I'd, I took it for granted sometimes, and, and you kind of in autopilot mode a lot of the time on this job. But I guess there's the, there's the there's the fun of getting to draw the things you want to draw, but then there's all the other stuff that you have to do yeah, in order yeah. to get that right. Like, but, like like someone didn't show up to you with a check and say, "There you go, you can do whatever you want." <laughs> yeah, you know, you built no, this up built over it, like yeah. twenty something years. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so, you, when you look back at your old designs, mm, how do you feel you've developed? Because uh, I was going to say, when I look back yeah. at like when I look back at say like <laughs> Dirk Bonsai mm-hmm. and stuff. There's a real difference, yeah. you know. Back, you could see like more of the Cartoon Network inspiration. Yes, Every show time. is a little bit different. I, I think I've got over the years. I've got a bit more refined in my drawing, like in my design sensibility, like a bit more detail. Um, as as we learn to use Flash as well in the ways we have, building up more shading and detail mm. within a rig. Um, I mean, I'm always have that sort of Cartoon Network, Gendy, Tartakovsky kind of influence, I think, because I just yeah. love that sort of stylized 2D stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, I think it's in my DNA, but um, yeah, I, I, I guess I just hopefully have just become a better designer, better draftsman. And, you you know, learn by doing. Doing it all day, every day. Yeah, I mean, even when just you more take, confident, um, I guess. Like fridge from the Christmas mm. special and oh the fridge God, from yeah. the show, yeah, yeah. right? It's a little bit like when you look back at old Bart Simpson. Right, yes. it's got a charm, but the yes. new one, it, like yeah, it doesn't quite look yeah. like themselves. And yeah, it's fun to be able to, you know, back, you know, years ago would have gone, oh God, you know, right. the old designs are fucking. All right, oh really? Of, yeah, oh, I do. <laughs> hate it hate it but now i can see it as part of the evolution of us as a studio our um our art form evolving and getting better us getting better as filmmakers and and me as a designer so it's it's all part of the journey you know um yeah it's uh but yeah i i definitely i'm getting better as i get older and stopping and having gratitude for for what we have um you know now what we've built and all you yeah, guys and the yeah. crew that you're here with us too on the journey and i want to mention because you, you give back as well to the community <laughs> a bit uh i want to mention your your pebbles oh the oh, rocks, yes. your, yeah. Your rocks yeah, yeah yeah these these wonderful um anybody go on to alex's uh, instagram and I, I they're all there mm. and they're you make these little rocks out, out of um sculpey out of sculpey yeah you spend a lot of time painting a lot of detail they're yeah. little characters and then you just leave them around the place yeah and it's lovely you've written on the bottom of each one 
take me home. <laughs> yeah. Right? So like if a person finds it, they don't then have to like deal with the guilt of I want to steal this. Yes. Yeah. You know, I did, you're I, supposed to take you're it. You're encouraging yeah, stealing. I really yeah. wanted people to know that it was like something put there purposefully, not like a kid that's dropped a toy or something. Right. So it was just sort of an extra little hint. Because they're like, really nice. I mean, yeah, the, the oh, fact thanks, that you're man. giving them away for free. It's it's definitely been an exercise. And well, firstly, it's just nice to do some painting. And secondly, something away from my screens, yeah, right. iPad or Cintiq or whatever that I do all day. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of been a nice thing for my mental health just yeah, something it's, it's on the side that yeah already, it's well it? painting is a bit like that for me yeah. like i get very in a zone mm. um but because yeah as you mentioned the details are so little it can it's an extra sort of meditative yeah uh, sort of aspect to it i mean do you and, ever find like when you're doing an outline on you know on a nose or something like that and it's like do i need this detail uh, yeah all the time <laughs> but, but why like, do you yeah, do it to yourself <laughs> yeah the, the the brushes i use are just tiny and i'm i'm going through so many of them it's but yeah it's it's definitely it's an exercise in me um because of my uh perfectionistic uh sort of uh, a type type attitudes towards my work yeah, like yeah. It's, I've got to be the best at what I do to get it down as fast as I can like I've sort of learned particularly in the last few years like to kind of let go of some of that stuff mm-hmm. right. and um, really just kind of calm down a little bit around the art and not take it so seriously and um, and, and doing an exercise like this where I can um yeah, and also my art being part of my identity, right? And this business being part of my identity, it's all—it's all kind all of got a bit muddled up, right? Sometimes, and so then you find to to make these things and just give them just away. give them away. It's like there's no attachment, there's yeah. no need for validation. You're not getting there's anything no, back from this, really. Yeah, it's just yeah. The it's sake just, of doing it. It's right? just a, it's just an exercise, and I like the idea of just a little bit of kindness, like putting it out into the world, and yeah. someone finds it and wonders what the story is was or it during lockdown that you i did come up with the idea in one of the lockdowns and didn't execute it till sort of last year but i was sort okay. of umming and ahhing and as you yeah. do when you're trying to get into a new art project you sometimes procrastinate a little bit but finally did it and really enjoyed it so yeah. keep doing it yeah it's important when art is your job to find uh some way to keep doing it for yourself yeah that's different from what you're yeah. doing day to day because it's so hard with this business you know, there's, there's, there's a few aspects to it, like the fact that um, we've worked so hard to get where we are, um, sometimes sacrificing, you know, mental health and yeah. sleep deprivation and all, all the things like that come along with making up. But we're in a country where this art form in particular gets very underappreciated, undersupported. So there's, you know, this whole you know part of my personality is you know look at me look at me look at what we're doing like yeah and you don't often get that in this industry sure yeah, sure it's changing a little bit hopefully we are the, the reason it's changing but yeah. yeah is is night eyes attracting a lot of um or more attention do you know that sort of stuff i don't know if you get to know. see it, numbers and that sort of thing not just yet we will um we we are we can ask um it won't be huge yes <laughs> it we, never is it never yeah. is but in the small know, country of yeah ours. it's it's all comparative like and it'll take probably a bit of time but um are you getting do, more feedback from like parents yes, or anything like that, that seems to be happening more 
this time around. Um, again, it's still early days. It's, it's been a, just a matter of weeks, really, um, that it's been on online or on TVNZ Plus. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's we want to we know it's something special, so we want to also get it in front of other studios and yeah. like pitch so it around as a sort of almost out, a, outside New Zealand. Yeah, I think it's got legs, man. Yeah. Like as a, not only as a format, but but even if it's just the show as it is right now um and it's kiwiness um mm. I, I don't know it's just but yeah, it's, it's, it's a subtle kiwiness it, it, it's Honestly, a little it's definitely more subtle than even a problem like, yeah well we, who, who we were talking now? to chelsea uh, last week uh, yeah. um, about project nod yes her book yes. which takes place in auckland yeah and and we were happy to hear that she got no kickback yeah, isn't from, that interesting you know because it's, yeah. it's 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 published by an american publisher yeah. and at no point did they say oh you can't have this in New yeah, Zealand yeah. it's like it's yeah. like this idea that Kiwi stuff doesn't travel it's almost a Kiwi idea yeah. <laughs> you know it's wow the, yeah there is that it's sort of yeah a little bit of a tall poppy thing yeah. tied in there but but there are a number of distributors which are these gatekeepers right. within animation um, that um, sort of have these ideas around the industry and what an audience will like and things and that often um, involves because so much content for for so long has sort of copied what North America was sure. doing mm. even with accents yeah 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 um, that's just how people talk on TV that's just how cartoons sound and look you know mm. I think maybe maybe we're beginning to uh, see Seems that to be begin changing. to change Seems like to be changing Bluey, the, Bluey's a big one within Bluey the preschool and, and like all the stuff happening at uh, Princess Bento yep. which are like Australian specific shows yeah, where you yeah, just go yeah. hey this doesn't take place in America and that's fine yeah you know? yeah and for Americans I would think it's kind, kind of, novel. of refreshing Absolutely. as well like yeah so yeah it just takes some of the stuff getting in front of the right people to, to sort of give it the thumbs up and some respect but yeah the night eyes i think could easily travel um yeah i think so i i think that um it's definitely got the um the scary element yeah uh, a couple of uh designs that you did the blurred witch the crypt <laughs> camper yeah. barnabas trench yeah last one. yeah i really pushed up like i yeah again it was sort of i was thinking like 80s horror pinhead sort of hellraiser like yeah sort of a weird thing to think of when you're designing something for kids yeah. but it's like you know i just wanted to really i don't know just push the creepiness you, you, know? you want it to be yeah. if, if horror is what you're going for yeah. you've got to go for it yeah you know? yeah no it was heaps of fun i yeah i can't wait we've got ideas for season two so um i just yeah you hopefully the funding body see what we're trying to make and it's not a one and done um I can't, yeah, who knows? In this we can't country. say with any certainty. Who, who, who knows in this country, but... It's funny, isn't yeah, it? Like, like um, so Scooby-Doo is still going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. why not Night Ice? Yeah, <laughs> bro, know? straight up. But yeah. yeah, that's... And, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, Scooby-Doo was a big sort of, like, kids hunting yeah, ghosts. I, I loved it when I was a kid. Like, but it was a big influence on the show. Like, it's, right, and, yeah. and it is, it does kind of stand alone like that. Like, not only is it a legacy this huge legacy for for Warner Brothers and Hanna-Barbera it's um yeah kids 
love it. Mm. Yeah, the yeah. the fantasy of going out with your friends and yeah. finding ghosts, yeah. finding spooky things. Yeah. It's exciting. But the difference in our show is that the ghosts are real yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, we took it a step further. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It doesn't deflate at the end of yeah. every episode. You're like, yeah. No, that was a ghost. It's a ghost. <laughs> well, I mean, doesn't beans. that happen yeah. with beans? Yeah, beans, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, beans? <laughs> it's a ghost again. Jeez, I'm so sick of this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have to do that for season two for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, right, well, that's great. it, Alex. Cheers, thanks Alex. No, thanks, guys. Amazing work. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks, guys. Again, no. well done on, on the show. It's it's great. We loved working on it. Yeah, I, thanks pe- again for your guys' hard work. You know, the crew, it wasn't just us, you know. Like, this is a show where every aspect of it, um, every stage, everyone um, put they're all in you yeah, know it took us a while every, to get out, of, out the door. It, it yeah. took a little longer with other projects running alongside, but... I can tell everyone had fun making it. I think it. that's what mm. it was, though. We've been, we've yeah. Been, because we were doing lockdown and we were working on a, a lot of other shows. Yeah. And then this came along and everybody was hungry for yeah, it. Yeah. We, you know, we, we hadn't done, we hadn't touched a it. Yeah, yeah. We hadn't touched a MacPaddy IP in a while. And yeah, I think just the, the spooky aspect and it being something quite different like that. Yeah. Really, people really, uh, uh, you guys latched onto it and, and, and I can tell. We could tell from the work you guys put into it and just the chatter and stuff around yeah. the studio. That So, yeah, the animation, comp, storyboards, voice work, um, all of it. It was, all came together. It's yeah. Like the, the, every, the, the pitch came together so yeah, quickly. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, this was kind of an effort. It was just show, a natural fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, again, making more of it will be a no-brainer for, for us within, within these walls. Like, everyone will be raring to go. So, for sure, yeah. for sure. Well, okay, thanks so much for letting us... Um, animate with your design. <laughs> it's great fun. No, all good, that's bro. a good day at work. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, and we're back with uh, Tim Evans. Hello. Hi, Tim. Welcome back, Tim. This is this is a funny feeling because the very, 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 very first pod we ever recorded was with Tim. That's like true. Two years ago. Damn, right? that, well, I mean, a long time ago, because I'm pretty sure we recorded with you before, before the lockdown. The lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So we were just getting ready to get started. All right, first episode in the can, then a very long break. Yeah. But you've come back. We talked to you on, like, uh, May the, the 4th and Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. Oh, I don't know if I, we did talk Halloween, but we did talk about... Uh, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yes. That's right. Well, That's speaking right. of yes. uh, writing, you wrote the most episodes total i guess uh you know if we're not counting ryan's uh taking a pass at other people's scripts you're at the um, most individual scripts I, I think so yeah i looked at the uh i looked Six at the credits and i'm saying that with confidence okay cool yep um now i guess i'm wondering how did that come about did it just end up that way did you put your hand up to do a lot of writing uh i know we had the the list of episode ideas sitting there and we were all adding our names to stuff but i'm a fairly fast writer so i was just deliberately kind of nabbing them yeah as we went through because i was loving writing it so that's what i thought because you are yeah. quite prolific yeah i write quickly and you write a lot like yeah. for things that aren't to do with work or even some things without even the hope of them getting made one day you're just like oh, yep. I, I want to write it i want to have it down yeah i just like writing so the more yeah, that's I can it. do, You've the got, better. You sort of have a practice of where you wake up early in the morning and yes, get straight I, down to some writing. Yeah, 7 o'clock, brush my teeth. Then right. I go straight into you writing. Can't, well, you can't write with stinky breath. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and I write for an hour every day. So 
it's been yeah, great. so I think it's that practice alone. You yeah. know, like it, 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 it's obviously it's going to sharpen your craft, yeah. but it also like literally you have a lot of you've given yourself plenty I've of time lots of to, stuff. Yeah. to write. Yeah, so you've yeah you've yeah. built up quite a, a portfolio of, of things, and so yeah. when, when you were when you were picking the episodes, were you sort of you pick an episode, go home, write it, and then come back in again? pick another episode or did you go through the list and go I want that 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 and then have a bunch well, of stress I definitely started with the ideas that I had come up with or played a part in coming up with you mm -hmm. know so I I kind of knew what I wanted them to be anyway and before anyone else could right, change yeah, them yeah. I was like I'll get in there just, and just nab it like kind of precious about those ideas yeah yeah, yeah 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 and then after a while well yeah after a while you just start grabbing whatever's there um but some of those ended up changing anyway. So right, right. Kind of, kind of freedom, make it your own, you know. Yeah. Along the way. So uh, were, there weren't any ones, uh, there weren't any episodes on the list of ideas that we came up with in that uh, that writer's room that were just left unassigned that later got assigned to you. Uh, yeah, probably a couple. Okay. Yeah. But I think like yeah. like you're so suited to this. You know, it's it's, like, it's kind of I, right up my alley. Right? I can, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 like the guys have kind of said something similar about this show, and I think here in the studio we feel it. But like, you know, you're a horror guy, mm. you know. So this is you getting to do, you, you know, eight minute horror movies, like little, like kind of tiny eight yeah. minute horror shorts. Which I, and I know you love horror shorts as well. I do, yeah, and um, and I've written lots of them, so it's, yes. it's kind of a fun. I don't know, there's something, something about trying to build scares in that short amount of time that's really appealing to me. That's true. It's mm. it's one of our shortest shows. Yeah, 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 it is. Um, but I feel like we got a lot in there as well. Like, it feels like proper stories, you know. Well, it's yeah, kind of, the mm -hmm. thing that I like about it is that the, uh, the horror is strong in that, you know, we've talked about our influence with 80s horror and things like that. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't... I don't like. Yes, there's little '80s horror tropes in there, but there's also like quite modern horror stuff in there. Mm. Uh, I think about uh, the the music as well. Mm -hmm. There's kind of a, a a musical bit that goes ding 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 like that. Yeah, right? I love <laughs> I love people talking about music. I especially, know. Especially, do you ever hear like drummers going ah <laughs> like that? It's like sounds great. But yeah. but it, that that little bit of music reminded me of our first date. Uh, mm -hmm. When we went to see It Follows, right, right, yeah, which is a relatively modern horror movie, mm -hmm. and and, and uh, yeah. I think that's one thing that I, I feel is is really strong in horror at the moment is the sound design and the music design. Mm. Um, so you would have been a part of that when building Night Eyes. Yeah, the music was super important to us right at the beginning. We knew we wanted that synth kind of John Carpenter-ish thing. Yep, yep, um, and. We actually struggled to find it for a lot of things, like those moments that were sort of quieter and a bit more comedic, but we still wanted that kind of sound, but no one was making that kind of music because we used production music for it. Um, so I ended up actually making a bunch of tracks for the show as well. Really? Um, that I'm, yeah, a few of them got used in there, but it was just for those quieter moments where they're just talking or whatever. And when you're writing, are, are you thinking about sound and music? Hmm... To some degree, not in a massive way. You make that decision once uh, the episode exists in some form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sound design is a really key part of um, of horror, I think. 
I was a real scaredy cat. I became a horror fan much later in life. Couldn't do horror when mm. I was a kid. But one trick that my sister taught me was um, you're watching a scary image on TV. I'm pretty sure it was a Friday the 13th. And here comes Jason. He's going to catch someone. Cover yours. Uh, all she did was slide down the volume on the TV. Yeah. It is aging me slightly, but our TV had like a physical slider that you moved down. But uh, as soon as the sound is gone from the scene, it's just images on a screen and it's not frightening anymore. It is that pulsating music or the the wind whistling or whatever that it's makes things really yeah. atmospheric. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially in short stuff because it's you've got so little time to establish the threat and whatever else needs mm. to be established. I was very impressed. Um, I remember just seeing animatics for the episodes come in and I assumed that it might have been temp music and I was going, boy, I hope they keep this. And uh, you did. That, I imagine, yeah. would have been some of the licensed music that you uh, paid yeah. for. Um, yeah. The, um, the editor guys, Richard and Alan, were using um, the same production library that we ended up with the final one. So some of them got through. Some of them we swapped out, but yeah, all very similar. Mm. How much collaboration did uh, did you and the mucks uh, have with them on the sound side of things, selecting the music? On the sound side? Uh, not a lot. We kind of just left them to it. We gave them like notes at the beginning of what, the kind of thing we were going for, and I think we gave them some actual tracks that we'd found, mm. um, and then we just kind of left them to it. And um, yeah, all the sound design stuff was um, Ryan, so kind of came at the end right that's how you know you're working uh for a, a creative client because uh they just leave you to do it you know yeah yeah well, that's but the it's, team you've built here you, you kind of yeah i mean we deliberately hired people who we know are awesome yeah and better than us in many ways so yeah and then you shimmy yeah. them into the position that you know will suit them best, best. Yeah. yeah yeah so mm. we've heard that the idea for night eyes comes during a meeting with TVNZ, yeah. and then you folks wrote the pitch while there. Yeah, was. it was. I think it was over Slack. Over um, Slack, that's while, right, yeah. While we were in this um, meeting, um, it was just a it was a research meeting, basically, that they were saying, this is what kids are into. And they were like, they like animals, and they like spooky things, and they like things that are episodic but also have a an overarching story and mm, right da -da -da, and we were just like let's just make this show yeah <laughs> yeah it yeah. sounds fun you know like you're just using uh that research basically as a brief yeah and to some degree we were we were mocking the process uh -huh, you know yeah. like it was definitely a, like we've heard that uh alex was telling us that was sort of the same way with um Jandleburn. Jandleburn. Like yeah, and part crumb, of crumbs as well was very similar. Right, right. Yeah, it's like give them what they want. Yeah, you keep asking for edgy, so we're going to give you a cop yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, where everyone dies on screen. <laughs> yeah, right. I was half joking when I pitched it, but now I guess I'm doing it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Every time we do it, we come up with something that we love. So we should probably keep doing so it. So that's kind of cool, though, isn't it? It's yeah. just you. It's using. It's like they're giving you prompts. Yeah, and you just use those trying to make the to make absolute some... best thing you can make with those prompts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, it's very like I mean, it's funny that these were the prompts that you got. You know, we like scary, scary things and cartoons. They didn't mean and... it. <laughs> when no, they no, they, scary. That's, that's the thing. They never mean yeah. it until you and you put it in front of them. It's like, what was it you said that? Um, here's what you wanted. Oh no, we didn't want that. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah, but eventually we got it through. So. All's yeah. well that ends well. Yeah, yeah. It took yeah. A, yeah, Matt was saying it took a year. 
Yeah, I think we yeah we we were um, turned down the first year, and then that must got in the second. Pretty frustrating. I mean, it's always frustrating. Yeah, of course. It sounds like the that's, process of pitching that, involves that, that's it. Yeah, a that's lot the of frustration. Of the business part of in, in order yeah. for you to get to write, uh, you know, six animated horror shorts, you have yeah, of course, of, there's like, a process. Right? Yeah. yeah, you got to accept that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, what were the episodes that you wrote? So I wrote Camp Intense, uh, Hear Me Not, The Wafting, Drain Dead, Very. What does that even say? <laughs> Very possessive, it's supposed to say. Right. Are these the original names or are terribly these the names unbearable? The, the, no, these see, are the, I've, I've got the names uh, that we used internally, which yeah, are just more flat and descriptive. Which is exactly why I've written these out, because I don't know. The, right. I don't yeah. know these names. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. We were calling it like Teddy Bear and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, Swimming pool. Teddy Nine-Eyes. Body yeah. position and yeah, so on. Yeah, body I, position. I liked, yeah. I liked um, Drain Dead. I liked that. Drain Dead's pretty good. pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Drain Dead yeah. was the swimming the pool. Swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I quite like the wafting as a title. That's the the fart episode. I right. wanted to ask about the fart one. Did you put your hand up to write that one? Absolutely not. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fart joke guy. Um, but I was running out of episodes that I could write, and I really wanted to write more. So yep. I thought I would take it on as a challenge to yes. try and make like the smartest fart joke i could make mm-hmm. and um i think it did pretty good like yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with the final episode um it's a big mystery uh through most of it yeah it, it does end with like 10 15 solid seconds of just farting yeah <laughs> it does but it's earned yes we got there <laughs> yeah no it was a it was kind of a weird one for me but i did kind of find the groove and like figure out that what i wanted to do what do kids like cartoons scary shit farting (laughs) Uh, another one that stood out to me because it's less scary uh, Mm -hmm. relative to the other episodes was uh i don't know what it's called now but the one with the uh the wad witch the cat wizard uh yeah hear me not hear me not same same name as in production yeah um so that one was something else completely that was uh an episode about kind of a dating app but it was like for for friends i i do remember this yeah um, i i remember pitching the title ghosted because like ghosted. Ghosts. exactly it was but but ghosted. then but then it was awkward because these are meant to be like young people yeah Not so it quite... turned into a friendship app and then we had like um uh cadence kind of turning it back into a dating app almost like she was looking for a boyfriend mm. it got weird it wasn't good I think I wrote like four or five pages of it, and then I was just like, "What? What is this weird episode yeah, <laughs> that we've right. come up with?" And so Wasn't I just, working. I just completely scrapped it and came up with the idea. I, I liked that we were focusing on cadence, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to give her a moment of um, where she felt like an outsider, you know. And I, I wanted to sort of concentrate on that. So I, I took the fact that she makes this involuntary noise. And um, turned it into something she really struggles with. And, uh, yeah, that's when the whole episode kind of came from that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so w- w- when, you, when you, you're five pages into something and mm-hmm. it's not working, do you go to the guys and say this isn't working? Or do you just sort of say, scrap it and just take another pass by yourself? How Yeah, how uh, locked in are you to the episode ideas as pitched in the writer's room? Not particularly. Um, I mean... We always we'll always start there, 
But if something's not working, we're pretty quick to drop it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think with this one, I I realized it wasn't working and wrote a quick outline or something for the, for a new replacement episode, and then I pitched that to the guys. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I kind of had it all figured out already. You know, like I knew what I wanted to do. Right, so, so you just kind of had to come to the guys and say, heads up, I've changed it. Yeah, sort kind of, of yeah, sort of pretty much. Uh, and, you know, obviously they give you the thumbs up or, or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, well, they've ruined the idea. And then I just start <laughs> with something else. Right. <laughs> um, I did notice um, uh, sort of um, a through line, something that I noticed in quite a few of your episodes specifically, oh. is it's usually about... Um, one of the characters uh, struggling with something like there's an emotional uh, problem that they need to overcome. Yeah. Quite often yeah. there'll be uh, there'll be there'll often be one of the kids crying in one of your stories. The, <laughs> the person usually ends up isolated and confronted with something really scary. Uh-huh. And and quite a few and quite a few of them actually have quite sweet resolutions where the friends rally around them and tell them, "No, we like you the way you are." Yeah, I think that's. I mean. I feel like that's kind of my life. Like I, I definitely grew up feeling like an outsider and not fitting in and like lying a lot, making up stories about who I was and mm. blah, blah, blah. And then as I got older, I, I started to like that, but I also found really amazing friends, you know, like that, like that guy. The outsiders. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not Other... me. I don't accept people for who they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick of them. Yeah. <laughs> they need to adhere to my standards and interests. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, th- I don't know. I just identify with those characters, I suppose. But um, I remember that on Quimbo. Like, the first episode I ever wrote of Quimbo had him uh, in the fetal position in the white room, mm-hmm. bawling his eyes out. I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, Similar sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I just like to push. I mean, I, I think it's important with story in general to push your characters as far as you can. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the inevitable ending to that is a breaking point right so i would just jump straight there it's it's more fun well you had a smaller amount of time uh, exactly yeah yeah but um yeah that's interesting yeah (laughs) and uh definitely some of the uh creepier episodes overall uh have your name to them for me at least uh i think of uh teddy nine eyes or uh the crypt camper um even the um the the swimming pool I think is quite an evocative idea of like swimming in a pool at night and something trying to grab at you and pull you under. Frightening. I think that's terrifying. My very, very, yeah. very, very first memory is of drowning. So, nice. so that idea <laughs> when they're under the water and they're swimming up towards and the hand is reaching for them. Yeah. That ter- like scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Know? It was, yeah, it was too real. <laughs> I wanted that one. I, I really just started with the vibe of, the quiet like i just really wanted to start something really peaceful and quiet and because it was five minutes i didn't get to drag it out as much as i wanted to but i i really wanted like a good five minutes of quiet before anything happened i think it really works because that's the cold open to that episode like before the theme song happens it's just ty by himself having a quiet uh dip in the pool when no one's there which is like a horror trope yeah. yeah, you know, like you think of how yeah, many yeah. Halloween mo- or uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies where it's usually a girl. Yeah, for, and we saw an ex actually. Like for some reason at night time, wants to go for a swim in the lake. In the lake, you know. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, that's what it felt like. Mm. And yeah. and I like that. Um, uh, it is basically silent, which adds to the atmosphere. But it's just it's good 
restraint as a writer to to resist the temptation to have your character talk when they're by themselves, you know, yeah. because they wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. And it's something I've, I find myself doing instinctively. Like I will have them say stuff and then I'm like, no, no, pull that out. Like I definitely have to fight against it a little bit because mm-hmm. there's, there's always information that you need to get across. How do you know it's... when you're writing whether something's working or not? Like Just, I, that would never have occurred to me. Don't have them talking to themselves. Never right. have it occurred to me, you know. How yeah. else am I going to tell the story? How do you know? Practice, I guess. It's just like I've I've read the stuff I've written a lot, you know. So, and I I try and read it like a like a fan, you know. I read it as if I'm watching it, and someone else made it. Right. Um, do you read it out loud or? or just, sometimes, just, not always, okay, okay. but sometimes, yeah, definitely. If if I'm struggling with a rewrite. I'll read it out loud or I'll print it out and cut it up into pieces and spread it out on no a table. Way. And, really? Yeah. It's, wow. um, I struggle with rewrites, which is why I, I have sort of trained myself to write better first drafts. Right. You know, right. like I, I spend a lot of time on outlining and a lot of time thinking through the episode before I start writing it. So, um, so that I don't have to rewrite as much. Right. Yeah. You're always thinking like it's like playing a game of chess, like thinking yeah. four or five moves ahead. Yeah, and you kind of got to, because there's so much to sort of set up and pay off. And um, yeah, I don't like fixing that stuff and afterwards. Then mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't, doesn't work as well for me. It's interesting because that runs against like the thing that I have heard, you know, in books and whatnot, yeah. that it's easier to just vomit up a first draft and then do all your fixing because something already exists i i've always read the same thing and i've always told myself that was the best way to do it but then i was kind of subconsciously fighting it every time by making that vomit draft great yeah well (laughs) and um i realized that i I just don't think that's for me you know Mm -hmm. like i don't think the, the vomit draft is actually a good process for me as a writer I need to, I need to be way more um, aware of what I'm writing before I write it. Well, you found a process that works for you because it's not like with all of your um, careful planning of your first draft, it's not like you're turning in scripts slowly. No, no, that happens quite quickly as well. I don't. Yeah, I think it's part of how we grew up as a studio, though. Like we. We were just making stuff so quickly, you know. No time to second guess. Yeah, there's no time to second guess. And you start getting comfortable with your choices. I think that's worked out well because, like, we've said it with Alex. We've said it with Ryan. Like, like Muck Putty has a signature style. Mm. Um, I think it is that. it's You're not second guessing yourselves. You kind of are comfortable with who you are and what you do. Yeah. Yes. You guys are the Nine Eyes crew. Comfortable, but, but, but hungry, hungry to do, like, to keep doing it, you know, yeah. and to keep evolving. Um, like certainly growing like you're in no way set in your ways no and that's no. across the board with, with all three of you yeah and me in particular I think like learning is my main hobby yeah. you know like that's that's all I want to do is like learn new software or learn new some new process that I've never done before um, and yeah sort of the jack of all trades thing yeah but you um, approached writing with I try to approach writing differently because I realized, like, when I started writing, it was just to have something to direct because I wanted right. to be a director, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. um, no one else was writing my stories. 
um, in the way that I wanted them to. So I started writing like that. It was a chore. I thought it was going to be a chore anyway. And then, like, I, that's my favorite part of the process now. I that's interesting, it. Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because it's the pure creative part. Like, yeah, You're deciding is. what not, is going to happen. not interpreting anything. I'm just making it all up. So, yeah, it's cool. Uh, for this project, how did you approach, um, or did you give much thought at all to balancing horror and comedy, knowing that this is for kids? Because I know you do write actual like horror screenplays that are just yeah. meant to terrify. Yeah, though they do always have an element of humor to them. Right. Um, which I think is really important um, with horror. Uh, I don't know how much thought I gave it. It kind of just comes naturally. Like that's mm. what we've always done. And like the comedy has always been, I think comedy has always been at the forefront for Muck Putty, mm-hmm. but for me, the horror was always at the forefront. So um, I was always trying to push more horror into the comedy anyway. So it's just a really comfortable place for me to be, you know. Kind yeah. of a perfect project for you. Yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun. I want to make more. Because like, I'm thinking like, there are quite a few Muck Putty things you can point to that definitely have big elements of horror like going back yep. to camp for year yeah and then um obviously barefoot bandits has a yep. lot of sci-fi stuff the the handful the the handful of episodes well i actually don't know how many episodes of quimbo you wrote but the ones that stick out in my mind as being tim's are all scary ones yep um it's always yeah i think i wrote about 11 of those maybe. okay i i think i'm thinking of like the one where uh, Quimbo has his existential crisis. Yep. Uh, the one, the really good one that I love where uh, Tobias just decides he's had enough of the cat and mouse between Nab yeah. and Quimbo. It's like, I'm just going to kill Quimbo. And uh, yeah. did you also do the the Halloween one where they... The bat one? Yeah. Yeah. Where they make that. N- uh, Nefarious Nab think that a zombie a- attack is happening. Yeah. All spooky stuff. You can see it. Yeah. It's definitely all in there. I don't think I could really write something without it like i mean even at the moment i'm writing drawing show scripts and it's like it still horrors i'm I'm trying to pull it back a little bit well you know it's it's a pencil a pen and an eraser it's gonna be funny (laughs) so just throw a bunch of horror into that yeah Yeah. the horror of bringing creations to life every week i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and it's the same with this i mean they're they're all animal creatures yeah. Um, when, when, back in that stage, the, the sort of the blue sky stage of uh, Night Eyes, mm. what were the kind of things that you wanted to put in? Um, yeah, good question. Like, I, you seem to be all kind of universal that you wanted these animals found in New Zealand. Yeah, I think that definitely the native, um, well, native-ish um, hedgehogs are native. But, um, yeah, we definitely wanted to feel super Kiwi. That was really important. Um and we knew we wanted it to be the kind of handheld show. Like that was r- right at the beginning. It was like it had to be a parody of those ghost hunting shows that are so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then it all just kind of evolved from there, I guess. But that was definitely the starting point. Was there ever a point where you thought there won't be actual real ghosts in this, or was it always going to nah. be that there's real nah, ghosts? I think Ghostbusters is such an influence ah, yeah. on us. We always yeah, thought yeah. great, colorful ghosts <laughs> should yeah. should be in it. Um, Having yeah. funny characters interact with real supernatural threats yeah. is just kind of a golden a recipe. Yeah. 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 It seems like the show kind of came about, like, not quite fully formed, but, like, most of the way there. Oh, like, once you had the concept. Yeah, by the end of that meeting, we, we knew exactly what the show was. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was very, very quick. I think probably within half an hour or so. 
I think that's why it's such a strong show because it just came together like it, like yeah. There, there was there was no extra, <laughs> you know. It was just that's the yeah. Show. There was nothing we struggled to figure out, you know. We just kind of figured it out really quickly. Yeah. So it all it just kind of came naturally from the initial concept. And now that the thirteen episodes are done, like, are you still thinking about it? Like, have you got like five more episodes in your back pocket? Um. I've definitely got ideas that I'm thinking for other things or just standalone things that would make great Night Eyes episodes. Oh, okay. So, like you could just like sort of yeah, convert Yeah, them. so if a Night Eyes 2 comes first, yeah. then they'll end up being right. that or they'll right. end up being a short film or um, something else. You also mentioned there were a couple of episodes uh, that or episode ideas that didn't end up getting made for this season. Yeah, so there was the ghosted one, which we've talked about, but mm. there was another one with um, ghost hands. We, wanted, we, we were thinking about... Because they've got a, a YouTube show, right? So we were thinking, what would their their rivals be? Um, and we thought unboxing videos with like oh, yeah. ghost ghost hands unboxing videos, and they would go to like meet them, and um, it felt kind of weirdly aggressive. Like the team would gonna go and beat up their competition <laughs> or something, right. and so that that didn't land either. But um, that was another one that I started writing i think i was three pages in or something right the idea was sort of like they were watching these unboxing videos that were uh you know outperforming them rating them yeah and then when they go and meet them it turns out it's just a pair of hands yeah 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 which is a fun idea but sometimes you have um you know one idea like that and you're like Mm. i don't think this is gonna make it to even eight minutes yeah well back to the ghosted episode the dating one like it was really just all about the idea of having an actual catfish at the end yes i was like that's <laughs> right. not a good you know yeah. like and, enough. and actually talking about the, the outlining thing and writing a good first draft i knew those episodes weren't going to work because i didn't do that you know what i mean i just went i didn't sit there and plot out the whole episode first i just went straight into script and immediately went something is wrong here mm, um i think if i had believed in the episode ideas a bit more i might have put more work into it but maybe i was self-sabotaging a little so that i could well you gave it the old college try (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly do you have a favorite episode like i'm even as we're talking we talk about uh like drain dead i'm like oh yeah no that's my favorite episode but then you talk about teddy night eyes and i'm no 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 no, that's my favorite episode (laughs) or the beans that's my favorite episode the the bear's name the bear's name is teddy nine eyes it would be distracting (laughs) if the bear's name was hello i'm teddy night eyes that's our brand that's right that's right yeah but Um, you're right there's there's a lot to choose from yeah but i i I find it hard to pick a favorite like have you got a favorite do you have a favorite that you wrote yeah yeah probably the teddy one Ter- what's it called terribly unbearable is oh, what it okay. ended up being right. called okay. um, I think kind of for the reasons that you were talking about before the the isolation of Scuff and um, it's got that E.T. homage with the glowing shed yes. and stuff <laughs> yes. you know it just felt very like mine the stuff that I'm, I'm really into and yeah, wanted to chunky, make a little bit of chunky. Definitely some chunky yeah. in there for sure. Yeah. There's a nice bit of symmetry at the beginning. They're watching a monster movie where like this yeah, bug creature on TV is emerging from the woods, and then sort of at like the three quarter mark, uh, Teddy Nine Eyes in its like final form is stepping out, out of the, of the woods, woods to yep. confront them, all covered in uh, cassette tape. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it good. felt like a nice mix of like homage to old 
stuff that I love and uh, just a fun new horror, you know. Mm. You, that, you must like that episode, Josh, because don't you have a, 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 a sort of a thing with a tape recorder that was telling a, a, was it a Roald Dahl story? Oh, yeah, it? yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was not a horror fan, as I mentioned, but um, we had like a big, chunky plastic cassette player and mm. then a bunch of cassettes. And so I'd put stuff in and listen. And usually they're fun simple fun stories for kids to listen to or based on characters that i like and i saw one that i thought said the muppets i was quite young but uh (laughs) it was actually the minpins by roald dahl and it's a very atmospheric story about this boy who's told not to go into these woods the forest of sin and he does and it's real atmospheric just him in these dense empty woods alone and then he begins to hear a low rumble that gets louder and louder and this ball of flame is coming toward him it turns out it's this monster that called the gruncher that's belching fire and smoke so much so you never actually see it mm. you just see a ball of fire come towards you and destroys you and the just the experience of uh being alone in my room listening to this um audio play with my imagination allowed to fill in all the visuals and also i wasn't expecting to listen and listen to a scary story that just sucked me in even that's more it, yeah you know yeah, it's, mm. again it's the audio thing it's cool mm. like, audio is scary yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, we should actually, Muck Putty should produce little Teddy Nine Eyes uh, characters <laughs> and market it like this is for kids, but like genuinely put stories. scary stories. You know, the, uh, the market might not have been there to support Teddy Ruxpin, but by God, it's <laughs> going to work for us. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Teddy Ruxpin's problem was he wasn't scary enough, right? You know, yeah. it would be fun and cheap to produce as uh, radio plays, radio dramas. Yeah, right. Spooky. I, yeah. Yeah, I've actually thought about that into well, more like podcast, like a horror podcast type thing. It's mm. like I've got so many of these short films and things that I've never done anything with. It would be kind of fun to just record them. Yeah, you know? yeah, add a bit mm. of foley. Yeah, you know, because that does sort of fire up the imagination. Yeah, it could be cool. Sounds like we may or may not have come up with uh, <laughs> the next <laughs> exciting yeah, project. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, Thanks for your insights. And uh, thanks for writing some really good, scary episodes for kids. Uh, And we are finishing off our episode about Night Eyes with uh, another important creative lead behind the series, uh, Matt Howarth, chatting with us about the background design, the world design. Yeah, kia ora. Hey. Welcome back to the pod again. You're kind of wearing a, bit of a, bit um, of a regular now, Matt. You're kind of yeah. wearing a tie jumper. Yeah, the purple hoodie. Maybe yeah. it was. Maybe Alex was looking at you. Maybe. Do you guys? Did you guys all know exactly what the animals were when you saw them? Because people get confused with tie. Like I seeing, actually, um, I only learned today that tie was a penguin. I thought tie might have been a kingfisher, but ah. but then I wasn't sure if kingfishers were nocturnal. And I, I, he was the one that that I went well. You know, cicada, yep. Hedgehog, yep. Skink, I'm sure they come out at night. But a kingfisher. And so yeah, yeah, it turns yeah. out he's, he's a penguin. Yeah, blue penguin. Because the characters are also stylized. Once mm. it was explained to me that it was a penguin, I was like, oh, of course, our blue penguin that we have that you yeah. can see at the zoo, and they're real cute. Yeah. It's the smallest penguin, is that right? I think I they're think the so. smallest penguin right. in the world. They're adorable. They're really good. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. So when do you get involved in Night Eyes? So pretty immediately after that, I chatted to them because we knew we needed to get a pitch together reasonably quickly. So once Alex did his first pass of all the characters, um, I had a look at them and we talked through the tone and like those sort of key points that we wanted to hit in the show itself. Um, and we knew we wanted it to be spooky, obviously. 
um, Kiwi-ish, you know what I mean? Like, yes. So it's very much still identifiably New Zealand for the people here, but that it would have a little bit of reach outside, so it wasn't like too specific. Um, and also still make sure we hit the silliness and a little bit of that like the slightly like oddness that mm. we we started to implement with um Jandleburn and back and right. shows like that in particular where it gets kind of goofy and silly at points too um and then obviously the fact that it was night eyes and all set at night with nocturnal characters and yeah. i instantly sort of had this image in my head of some slightly more um saturated blues and pinks playing with the fact that it's all set at night but you still want to be able to see it all clearly and you want to make it look interesting and not just dark yes well exactly there's um you know it's like when i look at cartoons set in the arctic you can tell there are artists who just went oh the arctic easy blue sky white snow and then there are artists who are like well where can we find the colors in that yeah when i think of this show night eyes i do think of those deep blues for sort of the backgrounds the Mm. woods and whatnot but then lots of like pinks and greens sort of neon colors as your highlights yeah totally and like lots of like yeah glowing mushrooms and stuff like that and i always want to have have you know the moon with some nice strong cast shadows and lighting Mm. and stuff um so once i sort of yeah brought that we we chatted through and um i actually remember this being potentially in one of the first lockdowns i remember that the call being over zoom and then immediately putting together um, some rough backgrounds for the pitch with, with Alex's uh, designs directly on top of. And that's really helpful whenever um, Alex already has something finished that has sort of some line weight and stuff like that. So you can sort of get a, a sense of how flat the characters are going to be or how rendered. Um, and that was when I had the idea of adding like a lot more texture than we usually would. So there's like right. paint splatter and ink splatters built into the backgrounds and yeah. like there's um some slightly like purposely wonky line art that has offset color and stuff like that too so it's a, like a little bit messier but yeah. on purpose is that the idea like it's it's dark it's nighttime you're gonna see things that aren't really there a little bit yeah right. yeah, yeah yeah totally so being a little bit abstract and a little bit spooky as well the fact where you're like yeah what yeah playing with some of the the shapes and silhouettes where you're like that could be a spooky house in the distance or is it just like a cliff top or is it right. like a creature on the horizon like that playing with like those ideas fun. yeah totally and then the fact as well of just trying to work out what the world would be because um we spoke a lot initially about what is their world like uh, we, we did talk about it with the mugs a little bit, just teasing it out. It's like, well, if you stop and think about it, it's a little bit quirky. But I feel like yeah. people watch it and they go, right, world of animals. I think so. And we got on the same page really quickly. I think, again, it's interesting hearing some people, even some of the animators here, who were a little bit confused about like, wait, so are there humans walking about and these guys are on the ground level? And mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's not really the logic of the show. It's just like, they're just you know dudes out in the woods right, yeah, and okay. this these are the people for all intents and purposes absolutely yes. yeah so i also really like the idea then of having windows and doors in the trees sort of so in a lot of the backgrounds in the back uh, further in the distance you'll see like these tall trees and they've got like windows in them as if we're seeing right, like because that's where animals live exactly so it's sort of seeing uh, a cityscape yeah with high rises and stuff in the background which, yeah you yeah. uh you put lots of thought into um well, obviously, you had to think a lot about the the Night Eyes Hangout, which yep. is like uh, a tree stump that leads down a ladder into their hangout area. And I remember having a conversation with you where you were talking about like 
the challenge of that because you need these four characters to mm. feasibly be able to spend a lot of time in this space there it looks like they do some you know hanging out there's a, like an editing bay yep. there's a lot that needs to be considered yeah so on shows like this similar to Jandal Burn, which i think of as our as far as staging goes a lot of the staging is almost like sitcom staging mm. so the location designs are actually similar to like the apartments and friends or yeah. Seinfeld's apartment or something like that where you need like a reasonably open space you can have lots of characters all in there at once and we just move the camera simply from yeah. one side you to the other. You never see the fourth wall. Yes exactly so that's very important and in the show and same within Jandleburn as well we often only see the one or two angles yeah. that is like a nice wide where you can stagger every or you can layer the characters up um, so you can just move the the 3D camera through this 2D environment yeah. to see everyone without having to change angles every five yeah, seconds. Yeah, it keeps it simple, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's a couple different like layers and stuff. Just mm. It keeps that space interesting for the uh, storyboarders and the animators because you can play with blocking. The characters don't just stand there and talk to each other. They can go down and sit on the couch and totally. then get up and go to the computer screen mm. and so on. It's a, yeah. it's a very fun, lived-in environment. Yeah, and that stuff is always fun to work out, like particularly the shows that we make that are for kids is you want to think like okay what would the what would the toy set be mm. you know what i mean if you if there's were action figures what would it look like i remember us doing a lot of that when we designed quimbo's treehouse initially we were thinking right. what would the toy look like uh, how cool fun, would it, it be or in this case it was kind of a little bit more about like what would your dream hangout be like with your mates like you want that's why we definitely had the couch area where you play movies or you know you play video games watch movies and then there are the work areas around but yeah. we also want it to just be a cool hangout space yeah, yeah we we sort of zeroed in on that a little bit thinking about um you and your buddies making a youtube channel and yep. you have your own dedicated hangout spot and you run into real ghosts and that sort yes. of thing yeah, yeah. which keeps it fun for kids so then when the scares come they they hit yeah no no totally and yeah, that sort of line is also interesting because we some of the episodes are legitimately spooky, and yeah. we have a full on like haunted house episode, and I wanted the backgrounds to look and the environments to look and feel like an actual haunted house. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted it to feel like a horror movie at yeah. certain points. A real nice um, long hallway that just extends yeah. into <laughs> darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, the the Beans birthday episode. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't seen Beans yet. We haven't been introduced. Yeah. To is it Ty? I think it's dragged down yep. the hallway. Mm. Like proper horror stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a Diego shot. And it, oh, turned, yeah. out, it, it turned out awesome. It's so, yeah, amazing. That was the other thing is uh, the Mux and I, I think we all have, the, and a lot of us, we all have the same references in terms of horror. So we were all on the same page as far as like, we knew the actual reference points we wanted to hit. And you've sort of got to play the scares pretty straight. Mm. And then there's like silliness and jokes and comedy around it. Yeah. But that, that also... Uh, is reflected in the environments and the scenes they're in. Like, it can't look too cartoony or light if mm. you actually want to sell, like, a scare. Yeah. Um, but, again, because this is... Uh, I'm also trying to think, like, how people are going to watch this. And a lot of the times, they're just going to watch it on an iPad in their living room in the middle of the day. Um, sure. That's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So the darks actually can't be too dark. We needed yeah. to have some ambient lighting in every shot, so making sure there's a blue glow or a green it's actually, glow. That's it. It's a very glowy show. Yeah, I yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that's taken advantage of the of the the nighttime colors. Mm. It's kind of something that I always liked, even as a kid. You know, remember when you used to get they used to shoot? I don't know if it was shooting day for night, but like old horror movies at nighttime, things just looked blue. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I knew when I was seeing that blue, I was in, 
I was already scared, basically. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like um, when I'm watching a horror film or something, just really anything at night, and there's a real obvious, like, big sort of uh, pale moonlight throw just yes, cast totally. over everything. You go, it's totally, uh, you know, fake. The moon has never been no, that no, bright no, right. in its existence, but it lets you see everything. Yep. It's, it lets you see everything while it's still dark. And totally, you yeah. know, because but you get to push that then because yeah, yeah. In, the, in the animated medium, yep. you've got, you don't have to stick with blue. I mean, no, no, there's totally. There's a lot of blue in there, but you, you get to put in the pinks and the... Yeah, and because things aren't like that. real world, as like in the, we were talking about uh, the Beans birthday party episode, like it's in a house that is like in a giant mushroom and all the uh, wall fixtures and stuff like that, all the lighting fixtures are like glowing mushrooms. So those, could all, those are all pinks and purples and oranges and different nice. sort of colours there too. And a, a cute little detail I noticed specific to this show is um, the whenever you would have a light source, it would be throwing off these geometric shapes, which yeah. were really cool. How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was in the concept art and even in some of the very rough design we did for the pitch. Um, and again, it sort of it helps sell the, I don't know, a little bit of the, the cartooniness to add that back in there. Mm -hmm. So even though, like I said, we're selling the backgrounds as, you know, kind of like our version of horror movies, adding a little bit of a more abstract cartoony light structure yeah does does help that mm. um and it makes it look original too like hopefully reasonably original because you've talked before about um you specifically i think you lay the blame at your own feet you're always like we try to make yeah. every show look different and unique <laughs> in some way we don't just yeah. establish a house style and then apply that to every show mm. i mean there's similarities for sure yeah but there's always things that are unique like i said the geometric light patterns and mm. also um the I don't know if you've done this on other shows. You probably have, but like the the line weight is just slightly off center yep. of the thing that it's yep. uh, offset lines. On. We've done a little bit of that in Jandlebin, but this is that dialed up to eleven. Mm. Like it's just a lot more. And same with as if we use like fake uh, ink splatter textures and paint textures and even some watercolor textures in there too. Um, which really help break up the larger shapes and it kind of helps it feel a little bit more messy and a little bit more right. alive in that way too. Jandleburn has a very similar like uh, uh, structure as far as the shape language. Like some of them are quite sort of wonky squares yeah. we use for a lot of things. Yeah. But this has some nice inky lines on top of that, which hopefully makes so it you, look a bit different. So how does it work for you? You get handed a script. Are you in on the script writing at all? So or? I am. So I think uh, yeah. When Josh was talking about us developing the um, the hangout, I remember I was in the the first few writers' rooms with you guys. Mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll be there, sort of drawing rough concepts at oh, that okay. stage, particularly for this show because we were able to do that. Yeah. Um, as it was our own concept and stuff like that. So I'm there to do a sort of initial concepts. Um, and we'll do a few look frames to get the style of the show down. Okay. Uh, and but apart from that, we sort of wait for the, at least the first storyboards to come through. Okay. So right. once the first load of storyboards come through, then we have set sort of angles to work off. Because if we were to design uh, locations and environments straight off the script, which we could do, but we might have to go back in and re jig them all right. once and the angles come through from the storyboards. Yeah, you have to get all of those backgrounds done before the boards get done so like yeah. it really front loads your to work. Totally. There are some exceptions I mean talking in, in this show about the hangout because it was such a specific like uh, as I said a sitcom layout I did that master background first. Yeah. So I was, I was going to say because yeah. I assume that for something 
that you're going to be using again and again that's Ooh. very specific you didn't expect the board artist to know what that space would look like and yeah. then hand it to you totally no so I, I i did that concept very early and i think even some of the scripts worked off some of the concept art just so they had an idea of framing and staging yeah. the shots mm -hmm. just because it is hard to work out when you have like a tip like they're in a you know their version of a studio yeah. and even getting even blocking a scene from getting the characters from one computer to another it's, this can be complicated, yeah, it's technical especially if we're doing things, because yeah. we are still doing things on a reasonably small budget, yeah. um, and we're trying to do things a little bit cheap and easy, but we want it to look really good. So you're That's trying to be it. efficient with like making sure there are less background angles, but when they are, when we show the backgrounds, they're as beautiful as possible. Yeah, there's, yeah. Ooh, there's tons of detail in there. That's, yeah, yeah, you totally. You can like, sort of zero in in any part mm. of these backgrounds, and it is just rich with stuff to mm. look at. Yeah, and that's the fun part as well is because this is a Mukbuddy IP and because we're more involved in that sort of side of things, we can add in as much sort of story detail as possible. So like we sort of know some stuff about the characters which might not be said out loud in the scripts, but right. we sort of have an idea about because we speak to the Mucks and Josh and other writers about like, you know, uh, the characters' backstories, what sort of stuff they're into, so that when we design their rooms or whatnot, we can put those sort of character details in the backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you being part of like the the planning stage for the series, where mm. they're working out what the story is, it just gives you a greater insight into what they're going for, as opposed yeah. to just being handed a script or a storyboard and saying, it's, yeah. it's scary, you know? Totally. And that really is the difference of what we do here, I think. The fact yeah. that it is like a holistic thing, we're all sort of in it together and things are like that the mucks will just come out and tell everyone about like, hey, we've got this cool new idea for a pitch and they'll just say it to everybody. So we yeah. all get an idea about what the cool stuff that's going on. That's and, it. you know, I think that's why, why the... Um, Part of the reason why the excitement amongst the crew is so high mm. for Night Eyes, um, because it did come together very fast, but we yep. were kind of all there. Totally. You know, sure, yeah, we yeah. weren't in the in the meeting rooms and all yep. that, but but as soon as they started writing, you know, mm. Josh, you got brought in, you got brought in, mm. all, you know, and they always let you know where they are. Totally. With it. So by the time it came to animation, we were. Like, eager to get your hands yeah, on it. Yeah, we we were, were also really ready for it. I don't know, this might be poor taste to say, but like we we put in that pitch for that funding round and it didn't get picked that round. Oh, We really? then had to wait another year. Even though it ticked all the boxes. <laughs> I, it, it just goes to show you like the craziness of pitching where they can literally say, it's it's that meme, you know? Where am I going to find someone like this? Yeah. Hello, not you. <laughs> it's literally me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the next year, luckily, it did get picked and it is awesome because I don't think this sort of show gets made anywhere at least all in new zealand like, yeah. i think it is really original a, a horror comedy for kids that's yeah. fucking awesome it is it is great. um but the fact that yeah we, we didn't get through that first pitching round so we were still thinking about it for nearly a year afterwards okay. so when we did hit the ground running we already had like story ideas i had already thought more about how to push the backgrounds like incorporating some like textures and stuff from like chowder and right. uh, shows that i really love that mm. push the style even more I so, mean, this yeah. must have been like an, a bit of a dream job for you because you do like horror movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you come to quite a few of the horror movies yep. with us, you know. You're, yeah, yeah, you're definitely and one particularly of the gang, so. particularly horror stuff for kids because I do for think kids, it's really exactly. important. Because, like That's I've it. said before, like I really I grew to love like movies in general through horror films because right. there was a little bit of that taboo and a little bit of like, a, oh, I wasn't, you know, there was that rush of watching stuff when I was probably slightly too young. Yeah, but it also really got me interested in how 
movies were made because I was kind of scared by it. So to understand it, I w- to to deal with my fear and my anxiety, mm. I wanted to understand how it was done. I wanted yeah. to understand how those special effects were made. I wanted it's to understand. Kind of one of the things yeah. I like about horror movies, um, like I I love schlock, mm. and what I love about schlock is I I like to be able to see the tape and the strings pulling this thing. Like totally. I'd like to know that this was just people who got together and made a thing Ooh. it doesn't have to be too polished oh yeah when i go back and look at some of the things that scared me as a kid and i see it i was like that ventriloquist dummy looks terrible <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no totally yeah so particularly like kids horror um because one of my favorite films i know you guys have spoken about this with other people is paranorman mm-hmm. paranorman is the movie when i saw that i was so pleased and so disappointed that I didn't make Paranorman. Right, yes. Paranorman so exactly what I would have loved to make. And, I mean, even in Night Eyes, some of the slightly wonkiness to some of the buildings and even, you know, that, that sort of echoes from the stuff Leica has done for years. Yeah. Um, and just like in Paranorman, the fact that, like, they don't pull the punches when it's scary. Like, yeah. there's the points where it's, like, I, intense. I was talking to Tim about that, um, relating to a different project I'm working on, but, like, the... There is the um, the instinct to like soften something scary for kids, mm. and Tim called it um, Tim called it like the Monster House ending, where like Monster yeah. House is a movie he likes. <laughs> yeah. It's about a scary house that's yeah. eating uh, kids and people in the neighborhood. But then you f- you could sort of feel the executive note at the end of the movie, at- after the credits. There's a bit where the house is no more, and all the people who've been eaten stagger out and are fine, mm-hmm. and. You know, that's fine, because I guess it makes some people feel sleep a little easier. But at the same time, it robs the house of the scariness, of the threat. You're like, well, everyone's fine. What what was really lost? For me as a kid, not necessarily that movie, but other movies that did that, Mm. I wouldn't rewatch that as much, because the tension is sort of, I knew it was so easily resolved. Yeah. But the movies that didn't pull those punches, where it was just like they had consequences, or they actually, you know, the stakes were Well, like, um, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. There you go, great. Well, I was yeah, just yeah. about to say another Roald Dahl one, uh, the, um, the Witches. Right. You know, Roald Dahl was a famously cranky man, but he was super cranky that they wanted to change his ending where the boy, at the end of the book, has been turned into a mouse by the witches. Mm-hmm. And in his story, he doesn't get turned back. Mm. He's a mouse for the rest of his life, and him and his grandma deal with that. Yep. But the movie execs like, but we want a happy ending where he gets turned back into a boy. And he said, yep. that's not the point. Yeah, right. so totally. That, that, in the original movie, he stayed. I can't remember. I, I think he might have stayed as a mouse. I think I maybe he won that argument. Anyway, Charlie <laughs> the Chocolate Factory, in the yeah. original one, mm-hmm. you don't see what happens to the kids. He kind of goes, blows his whistle, the oompa has come, take them away. In the remake, you you get to see the kids leave the factory yeah, yeah. and you know, one is as long as... The thing is, yeah, yeah. the reason that people talked about that, about, you know, did the kids survive or not, you know, nobody's talking about... Nobody would talk about those kids if they had survived in the original. You know what I mean? Mm. The only reason they addressed it is because people were talking about it, yep. but people were talking about it because it was memorable. Because it was yeah, his yeah. his yeah. impishness of being like, oh, the, the boiler's on every other day. He could be <laughs> fine. He's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also That's stuff enough. that kids can deal with. Like, I know it seems dark and very morbid for to say that kids can deal with death but like to a certain extent they can and it is something that they probably need to conceptualize in some because kids have questions even if it's not showing up in your movie kids are thinking about that stuff a lot anyway so having a movie that can deal with it in a safe space i think is really important we were talking uh, i saw on the weekend um uh, the Land Before Time, that was right. showing a, a, a retro screening of it at the Academy. And I hadn't seen it since I was really little. And I 
didn't really remember how intense the mother, the death scene with the mother is, right. where you know Littlefoot's mother dies. And seeing it as an adult, you're like, this is really powerful, and also like, I don't know, I was like, this this is good. It yeah. was really well done. I was super it, impressed. I think that, that was definitely Don Bluth who loved like yeah. the '30s Disney stuff and wanted to get back yep. to that. He was like, we need to go back to stuff like Bambi's mother dying because yeah. it's painful, but it does stay with you. It makes an impact. You totally. Know? Or even like um, for me, uh, the Never Ending Story was such a big part of my childhood. It's not and the like, first time that it's come up I'm, on this. Pod. I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. And you know. Oh, that poor motherfucker's horse! Like yeah, every time, man. <laughs> and it does yeah. seem like you know. I know we're all tired of glamorizing the '80s, but one thing you can say for yeah. it is kids' movies weren't uh, afraid to deal with uh, deeper subject matter. Yep. You know. But I remember seeing that after because we we lived on. I think these days you would call it a lifestyle block. It was just a farm that we didn't like farm out. If you know what I mean. We had lots of animals, and I remember seeing that after one of like our goats died. And I remember re- this this animal I was really close to as this this pet, but also like a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when, you, when you're like six or seven, you have those relationships with animals. And it was I remember seeing Nevering Story after that and having a reference point. And it was actually really kind of helpful to just be right. like this hero got through that and then continued on his journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's cool. And the funny thing about the Neverending Story is it does do the <laughs> it does the thing that. We were saying like it. Sh- we get to see that horses mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. fine at the end. But yeah, yeah. It yeah. Didn't matter <laughs> at that point. No, when it, the grief like, is real. It, like it put us through, like like yeah. The, what would you say? The, like the drowning of that horse. Yes, yeah. without pulling any bleak. punches. And yeah. it's slow. Like, yeah, He's yeah. sinking into a bog. And, and as like, as an adult, I don't want to think about how they made it. That's the thing. Don't think about how they actually made it because I know I've seen. I never thought about no, it. No, do don't. Oh At God. the end of the movie, they do say no animals were harmed okay, in the making of this movie, yeah. so they do say that. But I am like, that horse was in distress. Like it's mm. rough to watch as an adult, yeah. that knowing that that horse was like a real thing and not like a CGI animal. Yeah, yeah. But I think even if you yeah. don't have an animal, <laughs> I think even if you don't have an animal, most kids want an animal. <laughs> yeah, so totally. they feel yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, you have a stuffed animal or something. An so you feel friend, really anything like you know. You feel really attached to that idea so yeah. seeing seeing your horse die that's yep. terrible yeah I, but you but you can survive it and you can keep going yeah. yeah um i wanted to ask because i don't know i can't remember the specific memory but um if you guys were ever told little red riding hood or three little pigs when you were kids did mm. you did you hear did were you told the version where the pigs or grandma were just eaten or did you get the version where they get cut free from the belly at the end yeah cut free free, which as a kid actually upset me more (laughs) right actually because it was very visceral it really (laughs) is yeah yeah yeah. it's really gross yeah because they had had those big sharp teeth for a reason yeah yeah. Yeah. gobbled them up in one bite (laughs) yeah so what is the original the original is they just dead i don't know but i would imagine you're like any of these i think we're, we're actually invented to teach children about yeah. Well, yeah. I know that, like, yeah, Pinocchio, for instance, yeah. is just a, a truly mortifying tale of this creature who makes the, uh, you know, the 19th century ultimate sin of disobeying your parents and pays <laughs> the price over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Lesson learned. Yeah. And I do think there is a line, obviously. I do think, you know, we shouldn't be showing kids, like, yes. full on horror movies and I, stuff I like that. I think you can go too far into the <laughs> opposite yeah. idea of yeah. just like, oh, it's just good to frighten and upset yeah, that's, kids. And that's like, not, no, no. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I always put that down to it's the kid. I've got mm. one kid is into horror, the other kid 
like just absolutely can have nothing. Yep. Like no horror at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I, I had a I had a story like that. Um my mum was watching um I believe it's is it Beautiful Creatures, the Peter Jackson film. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I was like, I must have been about ten ish. Wow. And look, Mum, okay, uh, yeah. I don't mean to put you on blast <laughs> on the pod, but like the third act is them planning to murder their parents, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, maybe at some point you should have stopped me because I was real upset, as you yeah. would be. Even now, I, I recently, a, a few years back, I saw that ending again, and I've just decided I can't watch that again. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. too, it's too visceral. Yeah, it's too upsetting, and I didn't take something away from it. There are some yeah. things that kids just really shouldn't. Because there's be not seeing. stuff that's played for laughs. No, either, no, no. Like, it's really nasty. Oh yeah, <laughs> I saw that as an adult, and I had no idea about the story or anything. So when that happened, yeah, I, I just kind of. Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh, it's such a beautiful movie. <laughs> and also, yeah, also the fact that it's a true story yeah. is another yeah. layer to it. Whoa, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Happened I've seen it. I've seen an interview with one of the girls. She's like now a crime author and lives in like Scotland, and she talks about <laughs> it quite candidly, which she like obviously doesn't relish talking about it. But she's like, I don't know how to explain it. I was a young girl. This happened. We wow. paid our sentence. It's a weird thing to have lived through and done. Yeah. Crazy. Weird, I'm, I'm, but then also weird that that was someone made a movie of that. That that's an odd thing too. I, yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Peter well, Jackson, you know, I mean, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. the kind of stuff that he was making back earlier on. Totally, but the fact that it was like I think about Brain Dead and stuff like that, which yeah. are nasty movies anyway. But they're, they're pl- there's a silliness, yes. to oh, them. Yeah. Yes, and yes. a tongue in cheek, and it's played for laughs to us. You're in on the joke of it all. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, bad, Beautiful it? Creatures feels yeah. different. Mm, this, this one has teeth, yeah. Well, uh, we've, uh, we've taken a walk. Yeah, but, let's go, uh, let's yeah, go yeah, back to I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about uh, the fact that uh, doing horror in animation period is quite difficult because there's a suspension of disbelief with animation. Mm. You already know that what you're looking at isn't real in the sense that it's not filmed people so it can be a little harder to get people to buy that what's happening is a scary situation so i think if you're able to crack that yeah you've really pulled a hat trick yeah absolutely Mm. well i I was just thinking about the storyboards was Mm -hmm. there ever a time that uh, something came through in the boards but the backgrounds you hadn't done the backgrounds yet the background department hadn't considered it and then when you saw it in the boards you thought oh no we did have ideas and yeah, so you had to kind of veer away from the board. There were some stuff like that. I mean, I, I also just made some edits. Like, I, I don't know which episode. If it may have been Josh's episode, mm. where there was, at the very end, to show a change, uh, to show that uh, the night had passed, we did right. a... We had the sun come up. Mm. So, you know, but I was like, ah, oh, I think it would be cool if we stick to the rule of we never see daytime in the right. show. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff like that where we just had to... We just did a little edit... And I think, I don't know what we did or some I, sort of... I think, I think it's just another establishing shot yeah. and you just take it as read that time has passed. Yep. I think they're coming in and they've, they've spoken about the night before or the day Maybe before. Maybe you can just something. use classic film language, just have a fade. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's stuff like that where we changed. Um, some... But in terms of structure, like, like you, never, you never saw the interior or something and sort of said, oh, you know, like, like let's say, you know... Um, the goat episode where he's got yep. all the jars in the barn. Yeah, yeah. A how, lot of that how, stuff. How that a lot of that stuff we did at least one concept art image for. Okay. Okay. So they've got uh, something to work. To. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or at least there were reference points that we'd all decided okay. on. Like for that one, we were like, "These are going to be barns," and we were like, 
we, we found a good in-between between it being like a classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre barn, which was my reference point, and like a New Zealand sheep shearing okay. barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was yeah. stuff like that where it's like, even though the boards were, the designs weren't exactly what we did in the final, the structure was there. The yeah. main thing with storyboards, as far as like changing the storyboard to the background, is making sure things like ground planes and stuff are consistent. So if you imagine like, we're sometimes limited uh, in the verticality of our backgrounds. Like, if we wanted to have an epic staircase up to this manor, and it's storyboarded that it's just like a flat, you know, ground plane, we can't really make that edit because even the, the amount of steps they take is going to change mm, the amount yeah. of time it takes them in the animatic for yeah. them to walk from A to B. That's fair. So there's some stuff like that that yeah. we are a little bit limited to. Yeah. But apart from that, we can sort of change the window dressings outside of the the main character play area. Right. We yeah. can. Yeah. So that's it. That's the character play area. Yeah. The same, but everything else. There's exactly. definitely a bit of, um, you know, classic cartoon logic where the inside of structures appears so much bigger oh, yeah. than the outside. Mrs. Uh, Pacoco's house. Yeah. Yeah. Like cute little tree with the. I really like how her front door is off the ground. You kind of have to yep. go upstairs. It's really cute uh, design. But the inside, there's like a, there's multiple stories, the big rooms because yep. that's just how it should be. You know, yeah. so the characters can run around. We in the also house. my rule for that was oh, it's not only is it the, the the outside of the house that we see, we also see the inside of the hollow tree. Okay. So that was my. I was like, the tree could be as tall as we need it to be. It could mm. be as hollow or as big as we need it to be. So there's sort of some yeah. some rules like that too. But I mean, that's another interesting example where it was two different storyboarders working on uh, the same sort of locations so at Miss Pococo's house. And um, yeah, there were some uh, discrepancies between the way that it, the, the layout of the house was boarded. Mm-hmm. So we did have to do some fudging when it came to the actual drawing the backgrounds yeah. to make sure. So if one character left the lounge and walked through a side door and then was in the laundry, let's say, but in the, another episode, they go upstairs and into the laundry. So there's some stuff like that we just needed to change a little bit. Um, I imagine you're not drawing, like, floor plans of houses necessarily. We, we start with that, but okay. often the scripts go, you know, right. off that. And then you just, just have to try and recall, okay, this yeah. leads to this. So often just having, if we just have, like, a corridor that then could lead to, you know, a, you know, a bunch of different rooms right. or, you know, stuff like that. We have to fudge a little bit. Mm. But in general, it's just cartoon logic. They can leave one room and enter another room and you don't go, wait. Where are they? Yeah. We understand yeah. that they're leading from one room to another, even if there's a corridor in between you don't see. Yeah. Um, with, with, with a lot of the muck putty stuff, uh, uh, we were sort of saying, we're talking to the guys about it, and lessons have been learned from, like, let's say, shows like Quimbo, which had a, like, yeah. a, a huge cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of learned to simplify fewer characters, shorter uh, episodes, that mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing, so that we make a really good quality smaller things yep it seems the backgrounds have gone the other way it to a certain like you've extent nothing from <laughs> yeah, yeah bigger more bombastic and just way more yeah. detail well the team is also getting better you know what i mean like right, i think right. everyone's more experienced we're bringing new people on so for this show as well we brought in um zoe roberts and josh nelson they both started at Mukbuddy in the middle of this production oh, which is like that's another crazy thing too because this is a style of backgrounds that have been pushed to a level we've kind of never done before and it is quite a specific style like it doesn't really look like anything else so it wasn't as if they could come in going hey i've drawn a bunch of backgrounds like bluey or like amphibia or something like that right. it's like they kind of had to learn a whole new style from the right. ground up um and they did 
awesome. Yeah. They did so good. So we've had like a bunch of different artists work on the show, all putting their all into it um, and adding to it as well. Like I remember Thor did some really nice establishing shots of Mrs. Pococo's house. So using those sort of to establish her house from the get go. So that, you know, beautiful master painting where we see the establishing of her house. We're able to use elements from that for all the other episodes. Very so cool. that sort of design process is already done. Um, and, I mean, to a certain extent, we, we are reusing backgrounds like Mrs. Pococo's house and um, okay, right, right. and the underground bunker and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is sometimes we'll just cut angles from the storyboards where it's like, okay, instead of this being three angles, we would have to really, like you know, do three quick paintings uh, for three different angles. I'm like, if we just cut this to one, we can do one longer master background painting and it will look a little bit better. Yeah. It might mean that we have to punch in and out, so you, you can't do that all the time because you still want the energy of the show to be up. You want to make sure we cut as much times as is necessary. Mm. Um, but sometimes you're yeah, just cutting angles and simplifying things so you can spend more time making everything look as good as it needs yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, one other interesting um, environment that I noticed that we just see briefly right at the end of the series is the cool ghost dimension. Yeah. Sort of made me think of like... Um, the way in uh, Corpse Bride, the the regular world is very mm. blue and yep. desaturated, but then the ghost world has a lot brighter colors. It's this yeah. very cool, just glowing cosmic dimension of oranges and pinks and yep. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, Poltergeist is a big reference point for that. So right. In the, in the Void and Poltergeist. Um, that, I thought about that, yeah. yeah. The, the Poltergeist remake. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah totally. That's what it reminded me of. Um, even Paranorman again, like yeah. at the end when they, they when he reaches the witch and they go into this sort of more dreamscape sort of thing, um, and also Steph did those backgrounds and she loves painting galaxies and night and like space scenes. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she was able to bring some of that sort of cosmic energy into this was really cool. So it almost looks like yeah uh, a hell dimension where it's set in a galaxy like yeah. it's really it's got a cool look to it it was quite now ethereal that, now that you say that i can sort of see some of the like similar colors that they've used in artwork and totally that they've yeah. done. yeah really nice pinks and purples with like there's actually like some of the clouds are like green ghost soul shapes yeah they're like around. you know <laughs> souls of the damn sort of faces yeah, in the yeah. clouds Ooh. really really great really good. it's a beautiful looking show um, I gotta say, shout out to the background team. Yeah, yeah to, to everyone on the background great. team. Just really brought the A game. We, we wanted to talk to world. the uh, we wanted to talk to the creative leads, but obviously, um, the, yeah, there's a village behind everyone. Each one everyone of these who's leads, come yeah. on has said, you know, huge credit to everyone that I've worked with. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone brought their A. So game. the background team on this one was yeah, um, Anna, Thor, Steph, Chelsea, Zoe, and Josh, and myself, and you know, people working on it at various stages, and everyone did awesome Take it looks incredible folks. absolutely you know, fantastic work yeah cool well i think that's gonna do it for this uh, special look at uh night eyes which you can see on tvnz plus all 13 episodes it's mm. a very it's a good spooky number mm -hmm. they chose we couldn't do 666 <laughs> maybe we'll get there yeah, one day yeah. one day uh so uh, join us again next time where we'll be chatting with more of the talented folks from our studio and beyond and until then keep mucking around <laughs>